0: good evening and welcome to insight i am gino your host and right next to me as always well almost always is pastor matt van brebont
1: yes sir yes sir i'm back i'm back i'm back
0: that's my european accent did you like that
1: Vom-re-bon.
0: Vom-re-bon. I don't yes. know. Is that, what? What yeah, is that, that? Is that French or is that uh, like ne- like Netherlands stuff? It's it's Belgian. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was trying to think of the yeah. country. <laughs> Bel- yeah, Nether- it's Belgian. Netherlands stuff.
1: Same region. Yeah, I'm over there. It's all <laughs> you know, they're all they're whatever. all the
0: same Matt. They're all the same over there.
1: Right, right, right. All by the water. All oh. take tea breaks. It's cool.
0: Yeah, you know. Speaking of tea, I was working today for a friend of mine. I'm doing his basement, and uh, he comes out at the end of the day and he's got hot tea for me, right? And how do you break someone when you don't like hot tea?
2: <laughs>
1: you like, don't. You just I'm suck like, it down and you, th- and you're thankful
0: for it. <clears> uh, well, I was just like, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, man, thanks, but uh, yeah, I don't really uh, drink hot teas. Like, you want me to make it cold? I'm like, mm, no, I only drink like Arnold Palmer's. That's about it so i felt which bad. isn't
1: even tea yeah i don't know you, what it is, it's, it's You ungrateful vagrant it's Dude. it's 32 ounces listen, of
0: deliciousness is what it is
1: listen man i can tell you i can tell you story after story of going into houses when i worked at comcast and some people are just extremely hospitable man a lot of like the the indian families you know um a lot of the arabic families they they're like they want to give you things, you know, They like they, they feel like, I don't know, maybe because you're there providing a service, they need to do something for you. And so they want to give you like Arabic coffee and like these little treats and things like that, dude, I have no interest in any of that stuff. But in I'm those a, cases,
0: I'm Arabic and I don't want any interest. Like he was giving <clears throat> me some like cookie things too. And I've never liked them since I was a kid. Like, it's just not, well, that's right what now. I'm
1: saying. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. But in that situation, you can't say no, because it's like it's like the ultimate disrespect.
0: Yeah, it's insulting.
1: It is. It's insulting. And so I'm just going to suck down that little tiny cup of coffee, mud water and smile about it. But then I'm going to be grumpy the whole rest of the day because all I taste is like (laughs) straight coffee in my mouth. I can't get it out of my
0: mouth. It was Turkish tea, so that even probably made it worse. And he, he's Lebanese, so am I. Strong, so you know. He he just assumes I like that stuff. But, but Matt, guess who has joined us? It's our good friend, Joyful Jew.
1: Yep, there she is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope
0: all is well with you, sis. Always. Oops, I just scrolled the... Why did I do that? That was dumb. Okay, there we go. Just, just lucky, I guess. That's enough sunflowers for one person. That's all you get. That's your quota. Yep, that's it. Oh, Matt, the weather, the weather. I just so hate winter it's time. It's frightful, man. <clears throat> Have I ever mentioned that I hate winter?
1: Yeah, I think you did mention it a couple of times.
0: <laughs> In passing.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I personally, I don't mind the winter. I don't like it when it's really hot, uh, personally, but that's just me. I mean, I, I can take... deal with cold. Look, I feel I'll like take... I can dress
0: for it. I'll take hot over the five degrees or whatever it was yesterday. Like this is, and, and to be honest, I don't really, I don't know. Maybe I'm thick skinned or something. I don't really get like super cold or anything. Like I'm today I'm outside in a t-shirt, like going back and forth to my truck and stuff. So it's like, you know, when you're sweating downstairs working and then you're coming outside, it actually feels pretty good. Even though it like instantly Movement turns to ice. But it's like, I, when I'm just sitting in it and I'm not working, it's miserable. Like I can't stand it. The icy roads. I mean what was up with not plowing by the way when did that start
1: i don't know it seemed like uh i don't think that i don't think they like believed the forecast i don't think they were like buying into it that it was gonna like hit us as hard as hard as it it did honestly i i kind of doubted it myself because you know i looked at the forecast and it's like oh this is gonna start at 10 a.m 10 a.m nothing 11 a.m nothing 12, nothing. And I'm like, uh, okay, I mean, is this just being blown out of proportion? And then uh, right around, it was probably around three o'clock, Angie and I had to run a couple errands. And we wanted to stop at one of the grocery stores that we just got into to, I don't know, check out the, the bottles on the shelves or whatever. And literally, by the time we got to that grocery store, it was slush everywhere. And you could hardly even see. people were driving at like five miles an hour
0: it was terrible it was it it was it got bad fast yeah really fast like within two hours it was like disaster out there Uh, well it was that wet heavy stuff you know joyful june said the mother of an eighth grader that i tutor after school gives me brownies she bakes they are from india but she didn't say they're they're delicious or not june that's that's the. do they
1: have curry in them
0: <laughs> Kareem, Kareem,
1: Kareem, I mean seriously bro. like legit I wonder you know like <laughs> yeah. what what may I mean are they just are they just straight up brownies or are they like you know are they are they like indian brownies maybe they do something different i know when my wife went over there uh to do work a couple of years ago she went to india and um she said the food there is just everything like all their versions of what american food is is completely different. She literally would like emphasize, do not make the food spicy. And they were like, okay, okay. And it would always be spicy. (laughs) Because they don't
0: (laughs) know. Yeah, it's cultural. Like, I mean, it would be like coming over here and telling an American how to make a hamburger on a barbecue. Like it's just the way they do things. I I worked for lots of Indian people back in the day. Some of the nicest people in the world. I mean honestly they're overly overly you know nice and giving you things just like you said they want to always give you more take this home for your family and yeah it, they're very hospitable yeah and it's just like honestly it's just not my uh cup of tea that that i don't know i like curry i will say that but i i just whatever <laughs> the food is although I, I did have this chicken dish one time that was amazing uh this lady made for me but mm-hmm. other than that i never really got into that kind of food and i don't have you like ever the been smell. to like an indian restaurant I've been to Indian people's houses,
1: man, and it's like, you know, a lot of time, you probably find this, like, you've probably seen this before, but a lot of times they actually cook their meals in their garage.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Arabic I think it's just because also. it's it
1: it's so, like, the, the food is just so pungent. Like, you know, like, I would leave people's houses and I'd smell like curry. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, on my skin.
0: Like, it's like it's a It's in smoker. the atmosphere. When you go to yeah. a smoker's house, you come, you smell like smoke. You smell like curry. I know, hundred percent. It, okay, so they're just regular is, brownies. It's funny because uh, they do uh, cook in the in the garage.
1: They do, um, yeah. And
0: so do so do a lot of the Arabic community. Like I, my next times... door neighbor, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: always cooking in the garage. You walk outside and it smells like you you just walked into someone's kitchen because my next door neighbor cooks in their garage. I don't know. I mean, I
0: they I look guess. and taste like brownies okay well i don't yes. like i look i'm gonna call me old-fashioned matt i like them right out of the box the fudge brownies right on. do. you cook them in what 20 minutes they're delicious they melt in your mouth like that's that's the only brownie i like i now i don't know if i've ever let's see have i have not I, I don't think i've ever had a homemade brownie like some, right from scratch like somebody just whipped it you know from some flour and sugar and cocoa and whatever else well then you have. never know they may be better Maybe they are. Maybe. I mean, you've
1: had you've had the cookies that my wife makes.
0: <laughs> Wait, I did. Those
1: are. Yeah, I'm sure you've had them. I did. When? Uh, I thought she brought them to resting place. I don't remember. Um, Maybe cookies I... and brownies, and and she makes those from scratch.
0: <laughs> um,
1: not the brownies, but she makes the cookies from scratch. It's like a home recipe, and anytime people have them, they go wild for them.
0: Does she have to like put the dough in the refrigerator for hours and then? She's got a
1: whole she's got a whole process, man. Like it's a whole thing. Like this is like it, she's like the third generation to have that recipe, mm-hmm. you know. And she spoils people with it. Like the kids in the youth group were not nuts over them. They were always asking for them. They're the kids are growing up now, and they're still asking for Angela's cookies. Can we get Angela's cookies? You know, and like now she's been making them for my co-packer.
0: Uh, and so butter buttering them up a little bit
1: well just in appreciation because he's done so much to help us out you know i mean he's really tried to like give me some understanding in some areas that i didn't know and so you know that's kind of how she is repaying is by sending you know confectionery delights and uh now he's like you need to start selling these cookies
0: <laughs> like, hot hot sauce and cookies there you go there's a counter yeah man so. For sure, dude. Oh, uh, joyful June! You're... you're killing me. She said, "Put vanilla ice cream on top of them." Yes, delicious. Oh man, I'm.
1: Yeah, I do have a I'm bit saying. of a
0: sweet tooth, Matt, but it's the traditional sweet tooth, like you know, vanilla chocolate. I do like strawberry. Like, I'm not into all the like nut breads and fruit breads and weird stuff you get at the holiday. Like, just keep it keep it basic, keep it normal, and I'm good. But when you start all putting right. like pineapple on pizza and weird, stuff. duly like
1: noted, that, duly oh, noted. Man. Next Christmas, a fruitcake's coming to your house, my guy.
0: With that hot sauce I tried last week. (laughs) Which one was that? Yes.
1: That was Uh, the honey roasted habanero, man. Dude, I got to
0: say, look, we're going to plug Matt. You know what? Here, let's just show your website right now. Let's let's, let's see it. Matt has created how many hot sauces now that are for sale? Three. Okay, three sauces. And I got to tell you, we all went out to eat last Wednesday. That's why we didn't have a show. And it was delicious. But I will say this. My tongue almost <laughs> caught on fire. It was like un- and baby. Then, I know. And then they're ripping on me like, what, you need just ketchup or something? <laughs> yeah. It was the thing, man. Miserable in my mouth. I will tell you that for about 10 minutes.
1: Oh, come on. But big it was baby. Quite Angie eats that. and eats it. And this is the same person that used to think that mild sauce from Taco Bell was spicy. <laughs> okay. She she eats it all the time now. Honestly, like it's it's you got to build a tolerance for it is what it is. I mean, you're making it sound like it's one of those crazy food challenges. It's not that. It's got, there's some bite to it because they are real peppers that we use. I'm not using anything dried, no extracts, no, you know, weird, like fake artificial flavorings or any of that. I'm using real legit peppers. And so you can't really gauge like the 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 heat level because it's different from pepper to pepper you know and so it's just the way that it goes you can get a whole box of well, habaneros and the next box is spicier
0: what do they call it the heat index or something or whatever it's called. it's
1: the it's the Scoville units. yeah
0: that thing so what would a habanero be like well,
1: typically a, a habanero like you're okay in comparison like uh like a fresh jalapeno yeah typically they're like they range between about like 2500 and 4000 Scoville units so they're not they're not really all that spicy. They can be a little spicy, but they're really not all that spicy. When you get to habaneros, uh, you're getting up around the half a million.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't need a half a million. I I can yeah. deal with a jalapeno. Like that's okay. It's it's I don't care for the taste all that much of jalapenos. Um, yeah. I'll eat them, but it's not my favorite thing. I do like peppers and stuff like that, but. That one, I got to tell you, the taste was delicious, but in about two seconds after I tasted it, I'm like, oh, dude, like, and water obviously doesn't ever quench that fire. It's like, those peppers, those peppers
1: were slow roasted in wildflower honey.
0: Yeah, it was good.
1: I mean, come on, man. It's got, it's got molasses. It's got garlic. It's got olive oil in it. It's, it's next level. That's liquid gold. That's gold in a bottle, buddy.
0: I bet that'd be good. good pizza. Well, you know, Listen, tone it down a little bit, and I'm in.
1: That's what everybody says, and I just tell them to eat ketchup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that's what you told me. You guys were all ripping <laughs> on me. Out, we're out for I dinner, mean, and they're all telling me I need to eat ketchup. It's, it's like, hot
1: sauce, man. Like if you, if, you might as well. Don't want hot, then don't eat hot sauce. You know what I mean? It's like I find it's really like most people that I encounter. It's like it's about a 50-50 swing some people really love it and then other people are like no i don't even mess with hot sauce i don't want anything spicy and then there's other people that are like yeah i like i like a decent amount of spice and then there's the real crazy ones that are like the hotter the better i want my face to just be on fire and i want to be like shooting steam out of my ears you know i'm not really for that i'm i want a good flavor profile some nice fresh ingredients with just a little bit of a bite to it and surprisingly enough like i said and she's really evolved because she eats the pineapple habanero all the time she mm. she loves it sometimes like, she'll fly too close to the sun though
0: i don't like uh what do you call it pineapple either
1: yeah Coconut. i know you don't like Coconut. anything
0: that the rest of the world does it's weird because i do have a big appetite and i eat a lot of weird stuff well you saw i was eating raw meat i was eating uh uh, yeah, you
1: were eating that. Yeah, that, yeah you were eating that uh, That kibble or whatever you were eating.
0: Kib- kibbles for dogs, kibbies for man. Okay, so I was eating raw kibby, medium spice. It's delicious. Uh, and by the way, Curious Patriot says loves it hot. So
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Good Dude, you, that that looked like dog food to me, bro. You were trying to get me to it eat does. it. And I was Enough like, there's no way. There's, there's no way. That,
0: yeah. It does look like dog food. That's for sure. Listen, but, oops, you've,
1: you've already stated in the last like probably 10 minutes, all the things that you're anti like fruitcakes and all these other things. And then you're like, yeah, but I'll eat a plate of raw meat that looks like something right out of your groceries, like right out of your groceries freezer. Like what I'm talking about doing with that is putting it over a pan and dumping it in. Then I'm on board.
0: Like Dude, I have something me just weird you, about eating raw listen, meat. Listen, I was the same way. I until I was about mm, 21, I never tried it. Like it was my friend lived on my street, they were always eating. I'm like, "What is that? That's disgusting." Then you try it and I promise you you never go back. Like it is the most amazing thing ever. It's it's ground lamb and I think maybe sometimes they do mix beef in it. I don't know at that restaurant if it was all lamb or not. But then they got all these little spices in it, a little olive oil and onions chopped. Oh, delicious absolutely maybe
1: if i soaked it with my hot sauce it would be tolerable (laughs)
0: maybe maybe. your hot sauce might cook it
1: (laughs) it's like one of those things where you just don't even chew it you just like out of courtesy i'll take a bite of it and i'm just swallowing it it's going straight down it's going straight down i mean to each their own man i don't i don't judge people as far as how they how, how they eat what they eat you know people think because I'm a big hot sauce guy that when people come over to my house, I'm like trying to ruin their day. I actually don't make any food, any of my food that I prepare. I don't make anything spicy. Um, I make it spicy for myself, but I don't make the meal itself spicy because I just, you know, I know that some people aren't into it. Some people can't even eat it.
0: No, you have to cook in general. I mean, if you got a company coming over, of course you're not going to like do that, but you know, like, for instance, when you're cooking steaks, some people like a medium rare, some like a, you know, meat. Uh, like I like a, I don't like a well done, I like a medium well. Like, that's kind of my, like, go hey, so to zone. So you like a it steak rare.
1: that's medium well, which you'll eat, you'll l- literally gnaw off of a, like a, a lamb, you know, just, you'll just I, eat that thing uncooked you know it's still bad on the, on the table you, like listen, yeah, you don't wouldn't even me. honestly
0: i don't even think of it as raw meat when you just put it on a nice piece of pita bread oh dude but, i'm telling you like I, it's you don't knock it until you try it it is delicious and it's Michelle, not it's here's the thing it's bad if you're pregnant i don't recommend you eat it <laughs> think, see why is that, that because there's some parasites apparently that might be in, <laughs> in oh but, okay but great so you know, enjoy most... your
1: appetizer with a side of gut parasites <laughs> sign me up no
0: you see take that's a, where you listen you take a scoop of ivermectin and then you eat the raw meat and you're good to go it eliminates or you all just don't
1: eat it or i guess if you if you eat eat some of my hot sauce with it maybe it will kill those parasites before they infiltrate your body
0: okay curious patron said raw and ground is asking for bacteria you do not want yeah I, see that's I, what i'm saying that's why risky just, business my take, guy okay you just take some i'm telling you you take a little ivermectin you get rid of the parasites and bacteria and you're good to go like it's it's like you're fine so I've been eating it you, for, have to, what, you have to what you have to
1: medicate I'm yourself fine. you have to medicate yourself in order to
0: eat it <laughs> i don't i know honestly i've been eating it for 30 years <laughs> so i don't eat it all sense. the time I, look i'm sure if you ate it every day that could be a problem i mean i eat it like once tuna fish every, like three months or something like yeah like tuna fish <laughs>
1: You know, like tuna, tuna fish, like I love tuna fish too, but they Not say that if
0: though. you eat too much of it, because
1: of the, because they're, you know, they're, they're deep swimmers because of the mercury.
0: Oh, What about sushi? You e- like sushi? Eat the bugs.
1: I eat sushi, Michelle. but I don't eat raw sushi. She says, eat the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> eat
0: Good the to see bugs. You, Michelle. Hope you're, hope you're doing Michelle.
1: well. Michelle Ann says, just no to your kibble and then eat the bugs.
0: <laughs> kibble. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude. Dude, I, okay. You know what? I forgot. I should have let you try the cooked kibby though. Like, dude, those kibby balls are the most amazing.
1: I wasn't ever. reaching anywhere near that end of the table. Yeah. You, you eat, you eat like like your food's running from you. I know. You I'm, know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm it's hoarder. like it's like we're in the prison yard, and you're just like over top of it. Like you're gonna catch a you're gonna catch a rogue fork if you reach for something.
0: Listen, I was trying to be, like, respectable because usually I have half the table full of my stuff when I go to that restaurant. Like, it is, like, five different plates. The waitress, did you hear what she said to me? She's like, she goes, yeah, I was wondering why you didn't order all the other stuff you normally order.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were your kids disappointed when you didn't come home with the full stash?
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, All you brought home was kibble. But I got to say, I was a little disappointed in the cooking that night. Like, the guy that is their master chef, He's leaving. I'm gonna
1: apparently. be honest with you. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you. I felt the same way.
0: It was not. It, it's been. Listen, when you have, I didn't want to
1: say it because I know that that's one of your spots. No, I got a second it was, time I've it was, ever I, been. But I was like, my, wow.
0: Two of my six things that I was eating <laughs> were were just not up to par. Like one tasted like propane. I was like, what the? What is this? And then yeah. the other thing was I don't know. Just it had the wrong spice or something. But see, the guy that normally cooks. He's been there for years and now he's leaving. And I think he, right. he might've already left because he's starting his own place or whatever. And so, so now you got the
1: dishwasher that's
0: back there cooking. It may be. I don't know. It was a little disappointing. I, I was,
1: I thought the same out. thing. I didn't want to yep. say anything. Like I said, cause yep. I didn't want to rip on your spot. I know that that was like your selection, but I got chicken shawarma, dude. I got about the the most boring, simplest yeah. item of possible. in. The chicken was really dry it was really dry it was taxing so i just soaked it down with garlic sauce and hummus and just gave it some sort of like some some sort of liquid to help it move down you know because i was like wow this is really dry you know i got spoiled to bucharest and in downtown detroit yeah
0: they make shawarma there's a place by us called meza they got awesome chicken shawarma but i gotta tell you like it was very disappointing you you, we still paid the same amount and it was a very disappointing meal yeah like the grape leaves they were like real dry and like no like i don't know it was i think the guy left and now it's someone trying to learn how to cook back there (laughs) like you said that's my other
1: thing is grape leaves okay so i understand eating the grapes but who had the bright idea one day that they were just gonna like soak down a leaf and then just wrap up some kibble and munch that down. You know, it's just so weird, man. <laughs> it's like,
0: Dude, I'm telling you, like, until you try, like, all these things, I know they look weird and whatever, but man, when you have Enrique a great- Alvarado,
1: for what oh shall gosh. be our meat is Genesis 129.
0: Nine. What is that? What's yes. Look it up.
1: Fact. Look it up. I bet you it doesn't say anything about kibble. I promise you it doesn't. <laughs> i promise wow. you it doesn't doesn't it and listen there might even be something in there about eating raw meat <laughs>
0: all right, there might be all right <laughs> well, you, yeah, you well, might see, be sinning doing that you might be sinning doing that look back in the day before uh you know men were eating meat they were eating most things raw then when they started eating meat it was raw too and then they started cooking it because of uh roughage roughage oh yeah okay it says uh And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens... Oops, I just lost it.
1: Don't eat Uh, them raw.
0: And it was... uh, Oh, it just moved on me. Okay, you shall have them for food... And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Yes, that was obviously um, before the fall, I believe. Um, After meat was okay, and I know there was some things like shellfish and things, they were were forbidden because they're bottom feeders. And you can get a lot of, but I got to tell you, I love lobster I love shrimp. Well that's
1: what I'm saying, man. Why are we so yeah. tempted by the things that are forbidden?
0: I don't. Well, and why, why they... do they
1: charge so much more money for them?
0: They're not really you're, forbidden. You're
1: literally that's... you're literally like you get you get, you know, a decent <laughs> like I'm talking like a wagyu beef burger, and you're like, yeah, this is delicious. This is great. And then you pay twice as much for an ocean spider. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> but look, like, you know, nothing I mean, is forbidden I'm anymore. I'm not opposed under, to it under I'm the new opposed.
0: covenant. Under the new covenant and liberty in Christ Jesus, I can eat whatever I want. That's that's. But yeah, not and you can pay is, whatever
1: you want to eat for it too.
0: Not everything is beneficial. That's the thing. So we have to be careful. What All is right, man. Uh, what Enough is dolmades? Why do we always is, talk about food?
1: Because we're both we're we're both I don't know, man. We're we're just foodies. I think. What is uh what is dolmades? Dolmades know. suck.
0: I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Oh, grape leaves. I, what is that what they call them? Really? I, That's what it's cause called. Because in Lebanese, it's called wadadeesh. Dish. Uh, okay, doma is a family of stuffed dishes associated with Ottoman cuisine. Typically made with a filling of rice, minced meat. Yep. Awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> They're awful. Um, awful. Seafood. Yeah. I see. Okay. Mine are lamb, rice. Uh, pine nuts. There's a couple other little uh, uh pine nuts, nutmeg, sweet. I think, and cinnamon, and it's all these different spices absolutely delicious when they're made right. My grandma used to make the best ones ever, like, no one could. Adam Hugapug,
1: what's up? What's up?
0: What's up, Adam? <clears> good welcome, to you, brother. good to see you. All
1: right, so let's do it. What are we doing? Let's get this show on so, the road, let's get serious about this.
0: So, both our guests <laughs> first, I thought Christina was coming on today, but apparently, You're that's right. next. That's next week, so I screwed that up. Uh, right. She's going to be amazing. Christina's awesome. Christina Garcia, be sure to tune Christina in next Wednesday. You we will love Christina. She is a prayer. I, man, I don't even know how to describe her. She's an amazing person. Uh, we had her on one of our shows a while back. We've been friends since, and she's like a like season the spirit. Like she is really, and I'm telling you god speaks to that woman and she's an amazing person and she's kind of overseeing the stuff we're doing with children too like covering us in prayer and intercession and she all. is um she's amazing daughters
1: of warfare
0: daughters of warfare daughters and of warfare i am going to be doing a show coming up soon and i'm putting it together where i'm going to have an amazing cast of uh men and women who understand the spiritual side of things they 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 see things they understand things they understand how we fight spiritually programming how we break all that so that that programs i'm not sure when and what day but that i am putting together that's going to be a fun show and i think that's going to become probably a series at some point like probably once a month or every couple months we'll do something like that um, and do she it. will be, definitely be part of that christina anyway then we said okay well maybe ac will back back her up and you know nothing against ac not like he's oh, second fiddle wow. man or or he's riding the bench and we're just trying to pull him in to fill in we're trying
1: trying to wrangle him in adam hugapug by the way i'm a food competition judge what? really oh where's multiple you, hats lover of pugs, judging people that are eating food
0: wait a minute um, sign it, me up how do i get that job is right. that like just taste testing all day long? oh man i would do that in a heartbeat
1: yeah, or are they like is it is this like are these like like the the hot dog eating competitions where they dip them in like glasses of water and things get weird? Yeah. I wonder. Give me some insight.
0: Talk yeah. to me Adam. Yeah. That's cool, man. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, apparently um Enrique, okay, I I think Enrique's kind of disagreeing on the whole meat thing. And and I get that. I hear the argument, but I'm telling you in Christ we have liberty that allows us to eat. Actually, even in the Old Testament they started eating meat. Is it is it the best diet for human bodies? It's debatable because I've seen people that have been vegetarians their whole life and family. In fact, I know I have family and they aren't very healthy. <laughs> I can tell you that they they have lots of problems, uh, but they refuse to eat meat. And then I've seen people that only eat meat, no veggies, and the carnivore they, seem, diet. they seem fine, I, which I don't understand that because I love a mix of everything, Matt. I'm a man of many different tastes, so... Oh yeah, I like I like salads. I like veggies. I like all that stuff. But um, but we do have liberty in Christ to eat as we wish. If it's but the Bible does say, and I, I believe this is in uh, Colossians, it talks about how if it offends your brother, if you know your brother thinks differently and interprets don't invite we, him to dinner. Don't. <laughs> yeah, that's one one way I guess to say it. <laughs> but you don't you right. don't want to you don't want to uh, put an extra burden on that person. So you you. You say, okay, you know what? Yeah, I get it. Whatever, um, but we each have our own freedom according to Jesus Christ, and I'm thankful for that because I do like eating my meat, steak especially. Matt, okay, enough about food, man. Enough. Like we, I swear, <laughs> blender. We out. Me and Michael always start off with food for like 20 minutes, and now we're starting to do it too. So, <sighs> man, all right, Listen, let's get man. into this. So, food I brings love, people together. It does bring people, and it and it's look that when we have that great supper, the marriage supper of the lamb. That's going to be amazing, and I bet. I wonder if Jesus is going to have a little side dish of kibby kibby nae. Nope. Medium spice. No, he isn't for me.
1: Nae. No way. No way. JC <laughs> JC's cooking it up, man.
0: Kibble. <laughs> if I ever hear you say kibble. kibble, if you ever desecrate that again by saying it's kibble, <laughs> you're it's fired.
1: forever labeled as that. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change your name in my phone and my contacts, and I'm gonna put it as kibble eater that's what i'm
0: gonna do adam said he uh judges that different cooking competitions i had to take classes from different sanctioning wow that's crazy i never even knew it was like a thing i thought you just volunteer and they like oh go in there and chow down yeah i like so
1: that. he's eating good yeah nice. for sure
0: i wonder how often is that adam if you can throw that in the chat all right so matt let's get into this so i i'm a big fan let's of the bible project i love what they do over there they got a huge following i don't know four million followers or something Oh, come that's they're catching couple. they're catching up to us matt i mean they're probably what about right on half million behind what we got right now yeah <clears throat>
1: or give or take give or take a you know 250k or so i don't know we'll see
0: we'll see after the night um but, anyway that's right I, I love what they do i mean like they put these little uh like cartoon type things together and it kind of explains some scriptures and things like that and they'll take like different topics and I don't know. I've been watching them for years, and I, I think they do a, like a really good job. I've never really seen something that I would disagree with, where I would be like, "Oh, that's heretical," or you know. I mean, they're they're very biblically based. Um, I believe the gosh, I should know the guy's name. I just forgot it. Um, I believe he's. I want to say he's a pastor. Um, can't remember. Eating the rotting flesh of a tortured and murdered animal makes our body poo and stink. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Hey. Enrique, okay. hey, listen, man, I'm not going to argue. I, hey, I get it, man. I get what, where you're coming from, and I have absolute respect for your uh, position on that. And this Absolutely, is an angel yes. debate. It's, Matt, it's, it reminds me of the debate, did Jesus drink wine or did he drink grape juice? Like I've, I've heard that one a million times. In my opinion, it was wine. It wasn't grape juice. But there's there's plenty of Christians that will say, no, he would never drink, even though several times in the New Testament it says he did. But that's okay. And I don't it's nothing personal it's just your we no, each it's have our open own li- forum yeah we have our own each we each have our own liberties in Christ and by the way Enrique it's been a long time brother I haven't seen you in quite a bit so good to see you back here I remember he I think he tried to call in one time on one of our shows was it on here or probably on uh Sunday night and I believe are you in Mexico somewhere out of the country I think and couldn't connect or whatever so yeah it's been a been a minute much love to you too man appreciate you Thanks for dropping by. All right, Matt. Okay, so Absolutely. back to the Bible Project. Love these guys. Love what they do. So uh, I figured since both are, well, I shouldn't say both are guests. It was really my fault. <laughs> Let me just take responsibility. <laughs> uh, scheduling Go error away. on my part. Yeah, I'll own it. Uh, <laughs> so Christina is next week. And AC was never scheduled anyway, but I tried to get him. And he's down in Tennessee visiting his mother, and they have no power. So that was out. So we're stuck with each other, man. Like, and, and that's it. So we're going to do... Stuck in the middle with you, man. Uh, Stuck uh, in the middle with right. you. We're going to do a few videos of the Bible Project, and then we'll discuss them. So let's start with this one, see what this one's about. Uh, Why is there no sound? Did I mute it? Hmm. Hold on. I must have muted. Yep. Oops. Yep.
1: Don't do that.
3: If you've ever heard of Jesus of Nazareth, you probably know he was a famous teacher. And his most well-known words have shaped the lives of billions of people throughout history. Love
2: your neighbor as yourself. Do to others what you would have them do to you.
3: Now, those sayings come from a collection of Jesus' teaching that's sometimes called the Sermon on the Mount. It's only three chapters long, but its ideas and images have endured throughout
2: time. You are the salt of the earth. You can't serve both God and money. Take the plank out of your eye before you take the speck out of another's. In the sermon are some really challenging teachings. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn and offer him the other cheek. Love your enemy and bless those who persecute you. And there are also some really puzzling teachings. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. But the Sermon
3: on the Mount is not a random collection of Jesus' teachings. They've been organized in a beautiful way so that it's easier to remember and meditate on. There are three main parts of the sermon, the middle of which has three parts, and then each of those middle parts
2: themselves have three parts. Wow, the sermon has been carefully designed.
3: Yes, and right at the center of the center is the famous prayer that Jesus taught his followers.
2: Our Father in heaven, may your name be treated as holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean for God's kingdom to come on earth?
3: Well, we have to remember that Jesus was Jewish and he grew up meditating on the Hebrew Bible, the sacred scriptures of Israel, and they told the story of God and all humanity.
2: How God created a well-ordered world and appointed humans to rule it on his behalf.
3: And when humans rule with God's wisdom and love, and when justice and peace prevail, and there's enough for everyone, that is God's kingdom and God's will being done here on earth as it is in
2: heaven. And that's no easy task. Humans foolishly rebel and start building their own kingdoms by their own wisdom.
3: And so God chose one family, the Israelites, and he offered them his wisdom. It was called the Torah, which in Hebrew means the teaching. And beginning with Moses on Mount Sinai, God entered into a sacred covenant with
2: them. Why only select one family?
3: Well, the goal was for the Israelites to be transformed by God's wisdom so that they could represent God's kingdom before all the nations. But
2: in Jesus' day, God's kingdom was nowhere to be seen. In fact, Israel was under the thumb of Roman oppressors. So, what happened? Why isn't God's kingdom coming?
3: Well, many religious leaders, like the scribes and the Pharisees, they thought it wasn't coming because Israel wasn't being faithful enough to the Torah. Other leaders called the Sadducees thought it would be best if Israel found a way to cooperate with
2: Rome, and so they became the power brokers of Jesus' day. Some ran for the hills to become freedom fighters against Rome. They're known as the Zealots. And still others withdrew to the desert, waiting for God to use them to start a new Israel.
3: But walk around the hill country of Israel, like Jesus did, and you'll mostly find normal people figuring out their lives as best they can. Most were barely hanging on, lots of poor and sick people. Many had lost their land to the Roman occupiers and were struggling to pay the heavy taxes.
2: They were powerless and hopeless. And
3: so Jesus went to these people, healing the sick and announcing that God's kingdom was arriving people gathered from all over to hear his teachings. And one day, Jesus went up to a tall hill and said the arrival of God's kingdom was starting here and now
2: with them. You mean with the powerless, the weak, the nobodies, God's kingdom begins here?
3: Yes, this is why the very first line of the Sermon on the Mount is, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, where can you go and see God's presence and blessing springing to life? Among the rich, among the powerful? No, Jesus says, look where people are poor, where they feel crushed and defeated. God's kingdom is beginning with the people standing right here.
0: They do a pretty good job, don't they?
1: Yeah, it seemed like all the little animals in in that video were angry, though but
0: about our discussion (laughs) yeah yeah they were they were giving me the sly eye
1: that's what it was too you brought the wrath of the animals down on us because of that kibble (laughs) all right that is old law first covenant we are under the second covenant the covenant of grace now curious patriot
0: yeah i i mean i yeah i i i agree 100 percent, and it's that's that it's just an age-old debate i mean i've been down that road with people i know and even people in the church you know that i know or whatever and it's it's fine it's to each his own it's we each have our liberty in christ and whatever uh doesn't uh uh, make your conscience ring let's just put it that way uh, as long as it's not sin uh, as addressed by god biblically then you know we have freedom Um, Okay, so let's get to another one. The significance of the the city in the Bible, God's plan for it. This would be good. Let's see.
2: Near the beginning of the story of the Bible, a man named Cain becomes jealous of his brother, who's getting God's favor. And God tells Cain,
3: be careful with your anger, because sin is a monster that wants to consume you, but you can rule it. Cain gives in to the monster, and murders his brother. And as a result, God sends Cain into the wilderness, and there he builds the first city in the story of the Bible. One man builds an entire city? Well, in the ancient world, a city was a group of homes surrounded by a wall. It's for protection. Cain's afraid that someone might find him and kill him. Okay, I got it. The wall makes the city. Exactly. And then the city of Cain goes on to breed a culture of revenge and violence. Later, one of the city's warriors, who's like a corrupt king, boasts in a song, if you threaten or slap me or wound my honor, I'll kill you.
2: This is the mindset at work in Cain's city. The monster that Cain let within has now become the monster that people live within. The city is bad news, but it doesn't have to
3: be. The city of Cain is also where music is invented, along with metalworking and
2: animal domestication. So cities can be a place where we create abundance for everyone, but give the city enough time and that monster will eventually take over. Right, like the next city, founded by a
3: giant warrior king, who builds a city with a tower that reaches up into the heavens to make their name great. This is Babylon, which will one day spread its violence throughout the land, conquering many nations. Yes, Babylon is the biblical image of a monstrous, violent human city. And this is all tragic because the city is the opposite of the safe garden home that God originally put humans in. So ancient cities have imposing walls for
2: self-protection to keep resources inside.
3: But the garden is protected by God with a spring at its center that flows out into rivers that share its goodness with all the land.
2: Babylon has a tower at its center to reach up to the heavens.
3: While the garden has the tree of life at its center, God's heavenly throne and presence touching down on the land.
2: The mindset of the city is self-preservation and peace enforced by the threat of death.
3: But the culture of the garden is peace through generosity, because there's always enough to go around. Let's go back to the garden. Yes, you would think so. But the surprise of the biblical story is that God plans to bring his garden to the city. Really? Yeah, let's look at King David, who God appointed to lead Israel. He chose for their capital city to be... Jerusalem, the city of David, Mount Zion. Right, and when David brings the throne of God's presence up to Jerusalem, the city becomes an image of God's garden city. There's abundance
2: for everybody and peace for a time. Right, until David becomes like Cain. He gives into that inner monster and murders one of his soldiers so he can take that man's wife.
3: And so this begins the tragic story of Jerusalem's corruption through the kings from David's line. And while a few kings do try to stop the monster, most give in. So the Garden City becomes a den of robbers
2: full of greed and violence and oppression. And eventually Babylon, an even bigger monster, takes them out. Maybe the Garden City isn't realistic after all.
3: But Israel's prophets maintained hope that God would one day create his heavenly city here on earth with streams going out and the nations streaming in, gardens and feasts and peace and no
2: more death. This sounds like more than just a new city. This sounds like the dawn of new creation. Yes, it totally does. And it's actually this hope that brings us to
3: the story of Jesus. In Jesus's day, Jerusalem was ruled by a violent King Herod, And when Jesus began announcing that God's heavenly kingdom was arriving here on earth, he didn't even go
2: to Jerusalem or its leaders. Yeah, he went to the hills and towns of Galilee sharing good news with the poor and the unimportant. And then Jesus took
3: his followers up onto a hill and said, you all are the city on the hill that will shine its light to the nations. And then he taught his followers the ethic of God's city which is the opposite of the mindset of Cain city and of Babylon.
2: Instead of protecting life and keeping peace with the threat of violence,
3: Jesus taught his followers to create peace by sharing generously, even with your enemies, and to preserve life through love and forgiveness, even if it costs you. This is what it looks like when the heavenly city comes to earth.
2: But weren't the prophets expecting that God's new city would be Jerusalem?
3: Well, Jesus said that the Jerusalem of his day was corrupt and headed for destruction. And this stirred up trouble with the leaders of the city. So to keep peace, they used the threat of death to get rid of Jesus. But when Jesus stood on trial, knowing that they were going to have him executed, he said he was about to be enthroned as king of God's heavenly city. Wait, you can't become king by letting your enemies kill you. Well, you can if you're stronger than death. In fact, this is the only way to transform the mindset of Cain city to overcome the fear of death by trusting in the power of God's eternal life that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the power that streams out from Jesus into the world today. And so the earliest followers of Jesus called each other to seek the well-being of their cities while trusting that their true citizenship was elsewhere. You mean the New Jerusalem, the city of God? Yes. And when followers of Jesus gather and share together, they can begin to taste the life and love of that heavenly city right now
2: in the present. And so the story of the Bible doesn't end with humans building a city up to heaven.
3: No, it ends with God
2: bringing his garden city down to the land. The heavenly Jerusalem, full of abundance for all the nations with the river of life flowing through its streets.
3: And at its center is the crucified and risen Jesus on the throne. And the city walls will be decommissioned because the gates of this city will never be closed.
2: Our mission at Bible Project is to help people experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus.
3: We're able to give away for free everything that we make. Amen. Awesome.
0: Right. Matt, are you looking forward to that city?
1: Yeah, yeah, because right now we're living in the city with that little red guy that was running around grabbing everybody and making a murder everyone.
0: <laughs> that guy, yeah, that guy's been around too long, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's time, it's time, yeah. Can it's you imagine, for... ha-
0: have you ever you stopped to actually think about what it would be like? We've, we've talked about this on the Blender quite a bit, but have you ever stopped and contemplated what it will actually be like in a perfect world? That world that's to come where we rule and reign with him for a thousand years, heaven on earth, and and we have access to the heavens and to earth, and there's no sin, there's no um, corrupt language between us, there's no misunderstandings, I don't even know if we hiccup or burp, okay, like it's just going to be like this perfect utopia that we're going to walk in and have perfect communication and love for each other like i how do we even contemplate that
1: well i can't say i've thought about it i mean because you know it's something to ponder especially when you see that you know there's a lot of hardship and things that people endure in this life but i can say that uh surprisingly enough one of the one of the things it really came to my mind when i was performing a eulogy when I was doing a eulogy for someone that I'd known for 25 years that had gone through a lot of struggles in life, you know, I'd gone through just, you know, a lot of hard times. And to think that here, here he was, you know, apart from the body and what he must be experiencing at this moment. You know, I thought about that and I was just like, wow, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be good. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. I mean,
0: and to never, like, man, we won't even have to use the restroom. Like, there's no uh, restrooms in heaven or on the new earth. That'd probably How make cool my, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would make my wife happy because she's like, you spend too much time in the bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joyful says, June. Joyful June said, I've been trying to think of it, what it would be like, and it seems, I seem to have a mental block. Yes, it is. Paul said, "I has not e- seen, ear has not heard. Yeah. And, yeah. And it is an impossible, it's an impossible thing to um, imagine because we've always lived in a fallen state. So it's, we don't even know what perfect is, Matt. When we say our definition of perfect is not perfect. So if I said, oh man, look at that guy's lawn, it's perfect. Is it really perfect? No, it's perfect in comparison to what I've, you know, observed in my own life or experienced its perfection is anything stained without sin so all of creation was stained by sin all of it the whole universe every atom everything is is corrupt because of our sin so it's impossible to understand that like when when jesus walked among his peers of the day they were actually witnessing perfection he was perfect he was perfect in an imperfect world like i that is for my pea brain anyway, it's, I can't like fathom that. Like it's, it's insane to think about.
1: What do you think? What do you think about this? I'd be interested to, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. So when I was, uh, when I was coming through school, I've always had artistic ability. You know, I've always been able to be extremely creative and, you know, I can draw and paint and things like that. I'm no, you know, world famous artist by any means, but I guess I I guess I can do better than, you know, than some people can. You know, my wife insists that she can't even draw a stick figure. But when I was growing up, that was one of the few resources that I honestly had because we were very, you know, we were very destitute. You know, we were very poor. We, I didn't have an abundance of toys or all the latest advancements in technology and video games and any of that stuff. So I, I spent a lot of time with paper and pencils. And so with that, with time, I honed that in, but I was having a conversation with uh, an APR teacher that I had in high school, and he was really emphasizing the fact that people use imagination and they twist what they're, what they're actually painting and what he wanted us to physically do. We were doing like realism and he's like, paint what you see. Don't use your imagination, literally just paint what you see. And so I got into this debate with him, which kind of frustrated him, but I got, I did that often when I was a kid, because I tended to buck the system as much as possible. But I think that imagination itself is very interpretive. To me, I think of imagination is only, it's only an altered version of what you've seen and experienced in this life. It's only another version. We're never. I don't. I don't think that we're ever truly creating something that is completely unique and has never been seen before. And so, I think that's where our imagination. In my opinion, I think that's where our imagination is limited. That's why to try to fathom what the what the heavens and what the streets of gold and what all of these things would actually truly look like, we've never seen anything that's compared to it. So we then draw our own narrative to what we think. It would it would look like you know what does it resemble you know i'm thinking it's like you know it's uh woodward avenue that's just paved in gold you know what i mean it's like i have my own version of it it's it, it I th- but i think that the wonder is what is so fascinating about it being able to actually see and experience something that you've had no experience or sight of and so yeah it just I mean, you can really go any which way with it, to be honest yeah, with you, Paul, but I just think.
0: Paul says to like, think of those things which are in heaven, not on earth. Where right. Where and rust corrode and, and corrupt. Yeah, so, but how do we do that if we don't really understand it? Uh, he, or if do, you want.
1: don't have a comparison. Yeah. Because we draw comparisons. That's what our mind does.
0: But we do have an understanding that it's going to be glorious there. Like we do understand. That's like, right. It's way better. Like, let's face it. Like every day, it's a grind here on earth like whether you have health problems, financial problems, um, you're addicted to something you're trying to break free from, you're, you know, whatever your vice is, um, your pleasure, like all these things consume us daily if you don't control them mentally. And I gotta say, you brought up a good point with this, you know, the uh, imagination thing because truly everything that has ever manifested on this earth, like creatively, like inventions or, you know, building things or engineering, whatever, it all starts with the imagination. Mm-hmm. So the imagination is a powerful tool God has given humanity to use for good or evil. Now, unfortunately, it gets used for evil quite a bit in, on this earth. Um, right? If you go back to the days of Noah, it says every imagination was continuously evil in that day. And God brought an end to the world as they knew it. So I, I don't... this This imagination thing... I'm afraid what's happened, especially in the age of technology, is that we've gotten very lazy in our minds. And our minds are just too occupied with screens now, so we don't really get to use the imagination like we used to. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're so distracted by it. Like, somebody else's portrayal of their imagination is being broadcast to us, and we're, we're well, just yeah. taking it in, taking it in, without using our own imagination and creativity that God's given us for his kingdom purposes. Would you agree with that?
1: Well, sure. I well, absolutely. I mean, think about this. Okay. Like to be, to be more in our generation, when, when you were young and you had to do something to entertain yourself, then, you know, what did you do? You, you invented, you invented a game, you, you figured out something to do, you, you know, you got it, you climbed a tree and you imagined that you were doing something you imagined you were doing something else to get away from your mundane life. Now it's like a, I don't need to imagine anything. I just need to watch what's being shown to me. You know, I found it really interesting. There's this, guy, there's this artist. He's like, a, I, I guess you'd say he's a really famous uh, YouTuber. He, I think he has like 5 million subscribers or something. His name is Jazza. And uh, he does all kinds of really cool stuff with art. And because I told you, I have I have a bit of an artsy side of me. I like to watch stuff like that just to see what he does with it. But he started this, uh, he started this series and it's drawing the beasts of it's it's not drawing it's making sculptures in his interpretation of what the beasts of david looked like and so he did one with the leviathan and uh he just he didn't know how people were going to feel because he has a very mixed bag of his of his viewers you know some people are believers and some people are atheists you know what i mean and in millions of viewers, you're going to have a big mixed bag of all these different things. So he didn't know if it was going to draw some sort of thing, but he actually got like such a positive feedback that now he's doing like a different series on like all the beasts of the Bible. And again, it goes back to that same imagination. You know, it talks about like the 10 horns and the four heads and the four wings and all these different things. And so he makes his own interpretation of it who knows how accurate it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just, I just, I find it interesting. I i, I do find it interesting. I, I've pondered, I've pondered that. I try not to, I try not to linger too much in the, in the topic of death because I think, uh I think if I do have a fear, it's the, it's, you know, to have short years.
0: Um, yeah. Cause I, I a, a couple things with that. Like I get like an artist renditioning of something they, they're portraying something in an event let's just say okay like, right. i've seen many people try to draw ezekiel's vision of what he saw Perfect. and i don't yeah. think it does any justice honestly i yeah. think they have a preconceived notion in their mind that they go in with that it's some kind of ufo thing or whatever but it's like i think i don't god purposely gives us um i don't want to say vague but a lot of things in the bible like the visions are very vague and prophetic things are vague on purpose and that's so that we rely on faith not on our imaginations because faith is where the spirit of truth is and our imaginations are fogged by our own imperfections and our sinful nature so the bible says the mind is at enmity with god the mind is corrupt it needs to be renewed daily it needs to be transformed all of those things so it's it's a very interesting dichotomy we have between the brain and the spirit and le- being led by faith so an artist and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that an artist you know no. using his imagination i'm just saying it's gonna it's not gonna do it justice in the end of anything that thing, god has you know you know kind of described through his prophets in the bible uh i don't well, know,
1: i just, mean it, in, it, okay piggybacking off of what you're saying it's it's almost as if Okay. So when you're in school and you're coming up, you're relying on your teacher to teach you how to actually, you know, how to actually do these studies, how to learn to do these mathematical equations. How much would you honestly learn if you just walked into school and they gave you all the answers? How much would you honestly learn? You might even walk out of school less intelligent than when you walked in.
0: You know what? (laughs) Okay. But time out, time out though. Here's the thing. Yeah. If if they were giving you the answers but leading by example, I think that's a better way of learning than trying to make people memorize things. And by sure. rep- yeah, because rep repeti- Well, I for me personally, I'm a visual learner. I do not like reading. It's not my thing. Never has been. I. I it's hard for me to read something. So, does your Bible of, have and,
1: pictures in it?
0: <laughs> it's like it's like the IKEA manuals for putting things together.
1: <laughs> like, He's got the picture Bible.
0: I need to get me one. I of those. listen to audio Bible quite a bit instead of reading, but I—I I mean, I read. I do read, but it's—I don't enjoy it. Some people just love reading. I don't. My wife does, um, but I can say this: like it—it's—it seems to me that um, we can. It comprehension comes faster by actually doing things. So, like, if, yeah. you know, like, okay, if you're um, a mentor or if you're in a skilled trade position and you have your apprentice with you, the apprentice is learning things firsthand, watching and participating in whatever the trade is. To me, it just seems like that's that's a much better way of learning, getting your hands dirty, so to speak, whatever it is. I don't care if you're going to be a, a chef, you know, the, the garbage man, a janitor. Uh, You're going to be a scientist. All those, I'm not saying school shouldn't be required or or reading and stuff, but I'm saying it just seems like people learn more quickly by experiencing it and and making mistakes. Like I know just in my own personal life, what I do with, with my jobs, I learned almost everything watching my dad and then seeing his mistakes and learning from his mistakes and then also learning from my mistakes and becoming better and more efficient at doing the things I do because I know the pitfalls, I know how to avoid them. And I always said, like, if, if someone's gonna work with me, and I work alone most of the time, but if I had someone working with me, I would much more prefer a person that has never done any of the stuff. <laughs> or if they have, they've actually been on job sites, not just some school. Because sure. it's, it's two different things, especially in my trade. So I, and I'm not saying, I, I guess I'm painting with a broad brush. I don't like doing it, but I am. Uh, But I think in general, that's a better way of learning. I agree.
1: I mean, I agree. It's just like, okay, I just finished my pastoral and I went through all of that schooling. And then people are like, automatically, I guess they assume that I can just spout off every scripture in the Bible now. Like, I know, I know all the stories. I remember everything that I learned. Matthew, you know, over 43
0: credits. Second Hezekiah, three, two.
1: My brain's not working right now.
0: <laughs> it's no, there's no second Hezekiah. See, he's not really a pastor, folks. I I, I no. tricked him.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not even going to play that game with you. I'm not even I'm not even participating in this sport. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, it, yes, I I learned a lot, but the only way for it to actually be functional in me, I know, is to to continue my studies, like beyond my classes. I have to still be in the word. I have to still be, I have to still be prayerful about it. I have to still be diligent and I still be obedient and asking God to guide me in in the scriptures and to teach me and and to help me to learn to the interpretations and all these things, you know, because you can only learn so much from schooling, you know what I mean? That's the whole thing. It's like, there's, there's something to be said. It's almost like my sister, when we were in school growing up, she always had like 4.0 GPA. You know, always had like straight A's, like 4.0, but you want to talk about street smarts. I can't even, <laughs> like I can't, I can't, the two things don't translate, you know, like it, it, taking that, taking that into an application was somewhere, it was an area where she really struggled. I used to tell her when we were kids, I'm like, you're literally the dumbest smart person I know. <laughs> you know, just because she didn't apply it. You know what I mean? She didn't she didn't actually use it. She just again, probably like you said, she was just really good at memorization and and you know, just focused on just one task at a time and didn't think about the application to her life. And so that's where that's where I'm really trying to focus my efforts is the application of everything that I learned, you know, uh continuing forward and trying to continue in my studies and trying to you know get to the point to where i have a deeper and more profound understanding that's why i went down this road to begin with it wasn't to go and found a mega church on the top of a mountain it was to try to get a more profound understanding you know and because i've been shepherding. i mean the, the role of a pastor is a shepherd it's not necessarily tied to the eloquence of your speech it's not tied to how many scriptures you can spout off it's it's really you you're the shepherd you're 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 the covering you're, you're, you're guiding and mentoring and, and, you know, trying to encourage and motivate and inspire. And that's what I've always been doing in my life. You know, that's, that, that's nothing different, but now it's just, I wanted to push towards a deeper level, a deeper level of understanding, not only of scripture, but of what, of what God's purpose is for me, what the call I have in my life is and, and how to better, you know, I guess to be more proficient in in my understanding that's why i did all this you know because it's funny i finished my i finished my schooling and everybody right away that's like their first response well where's the church that you're going to start what are you going to name it and i'm like wait a minute you're putting the cart before the horse here like that's that that's kind of saying that that's all that pastors do (laughs) like i don't i don't believe that and why does (laughs) it
0: why does being a pastor automatically link you with brick and mortar like I don't you gotta have
1: you gotta have a church, man. You gotta have a church. Yeah. That's, that's what it church, is. Right. That's, <laughs> that's like I think
0: that's that's Matt, I'm glad you brought this up. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine. We all do it. Anybody that's been a Christian says, Yeah, I'm Do you going need to, to put
1: the disclaimer out or are you yeah. gonna behave yourself?
0: Yeah. Gosh, that's you know what? you're right. I'm gonna go do this just in case. <laughs> okay. Just <laughs> it's been a minute. I haven't brought out the disclaimer in a time. <laughs> so honestly though, this is kind of a pet peeve, but I do it too. Because we're trained as Christians to say, we're going to church. We're going to this building, right? We're the church. And this is where I think we've kind of went astray as, as the body. It's become this facility rather than us being the facilitators. Like, like, why aren't we going out and and doing the things that God's asked us to do? And then of course we meet somewhere, a house building, whatever, I don't care, but when did it turn i want to know i would love to know when things turned from the body being the church to an actual building and i would guess it probably happened pretty early on in the church probably within the first 100 to 200 years i bet because the groups were getting larger and they were meeting in a place they started calling it church right um i don't know i i think like we in this era of time we're living in and we're moving into, I really feel like a lot of things are going to change that have been staples in Christianity. It's going to be a new way of thinking. AC calls it "pione." We're going to be pioneers, and I think that's that's an outstanding uh, word that God gave him. Like pioneers, pioneers are someone that's they're they're going into new territory or claiming charting new courses, or new cho- new courses. Like that's that's what I see for the church. I really the body, the church, not these I'm buildings. With it. And I, yes. I'm not saying we don't have buildings. Of course we have buildings. Like but let's let's like you know get our facts straight. All right, let's go back in the chat. I want to address a couple of things. So we had Joyful June said, uh where was that? I've been th- I've been trying to think of what it would be oh no, that's not the one. Hang on. Oh, okay. This is <laughs> this is why I have a t-shirt that says math is not a spectator sport. You have to do math and learn math to learn math uh amen to that sis yes that's right but but see you know and here's the thing like our school the model for school is basically what i was just preaching against it's this thing of okay i'm i'm gonna show you this and then i expect you to learn it but it's let's face it matt it's boring (laughs) like how how, an average kid's attention span is about now especially within the tiktok generation is about three seconds maybe if you're
1: nanoseconds
0: yeah, and it's like to keep them happy engaged. and engaged and, f- and making it fun. Like, that's a special kind of teacher. I bet Joyful June is that special teacher, though. She always gives it her all. I know she does. Bet you, I she, is. Bet you she is. And the kids probably love her. Uh, okay, Enrique said, God's creative uh, capabilities okay. are beyond our capacity of comprehension. A hundred percent. I've always said, God, this is the thing with God. There's no limit to his imagination and his creativity. It never ends. That Matt, we're gonna be in heaven for eternity. And let's just call it years so we understand it in their in little noggin here. Let's say we've been in heaven a hundred years, hundred earth years. Okay. But it only seems like a second, not even in eternity. Blink of an eye. And yet, God's intelligence <clears throat> is infinite. There is no bounds. to It It never ends, his intelligence. So the math, let's go back to Joyful June's math here. Math with God is an infinite, I don't know, process, whatever you want to call it. Like it's this thing, this language that will never have any bounds on it. I had a, one time I had this dream that God gave me and I woke up with almost having a headache. He was showing me the earth. And it was a ball, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't flat, um, and it. But it was like um, like a computer model, and it was I could see like the grid, you know, like the latitude and longitude lines. But it was like hollow, and I could see like all the dimensions of the Earth. Like it was, you know, those memes where they show like the 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 equations like flying out, and it's like sure. all pi yeah. and all these like algebra equations and trig and stuff? I do. It was like that, but it was like. I don't know how many, millions of equations I saw in the earth, like coming out, and I was like, I woke up, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that. It's like, it was hurting my brain to think about. But he was like, show me, like it's it's endless. What I've what I create, yes, there's parameters on it here now, but in eternity, it's it's this infinite thing. And we're never gonna in heaven. We will never get bored with God because He doesn't have boundaries. He doesn't have limits. That's right. Like. Think about how crazy that is. We got some uh,
1: we got some we got some good comments over here. We got some good commentary. Adam Hugapug says, always learn from the mistakes of others. You'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. Mm. <laughs> mm. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, come on. There's some truth to that, right? Oh yeah. Enrique, yeah. for you only know what you know, what you know. you only know what you know until you find out what you don't know yeah gotta slow down to say that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) joy joyful june good one pioneers has pie in it yes there are no coincidences also (laughs) uh, adam said i'd rather have a small church group of strong believers of yeshua than a large church of weak believers i am of the small church myself Uh, we have literally some fridays right now we have 10 people showing up like at biggest it was maybe 40 uh, but those are the people that, you know, you can, you can rely on every week and in real life. And I don't like the mega churches. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I just, me particularly like smaller groups where you can have one-on-one with people and you understand their problems, their issues. And if you can help, you can help. It's just, it's more manageable and there is no, and, and let's face it in gigantic churches. Is there really discipleship going on? I mean, how can there be? Unless you have a gigantic staff of elders and volunteers that are willing to do the hard work, and I don't see that very often.
1: That's true.
0: I mean, that's isn't true. discipleship what it's really about, Matt? I mean, like new converts—they need to be discipled. We all need to be discipled. To, to well, that's that's
1: faith. what it comes—you know—that's what it comes down to. You know, what I mean, that's really that's that's really like a core emphasis, and that's why you know I I, I kind of. I wasn't necessarily surprised when everyone was like, what, what's the church you're going to found? And I'm like, listen, I feel, I, I feel that you have a much, you have a much, I guess, you have a much more productive harvest when you plant the seeds in the field than if you do it in the barn, you know? And so I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely good with gathering in churches. I love the community, the community. I love the fellowship. I know that it's necessary. Um, but I don't know that that's what God is calling me to do. <laughs> you know, I've been more operating in the the moving and the shaking. You know, you know, just as well as I do for the last three years, I haven't had a specific church home. I've gone to a lot of churches, a lot of them. And, you know, I always found it, I always found it really interesting and profound. It's like, I just, I thought my church experience is much different than most people. Because every week it's like I encounter something different, <laughs> which is which is amazing, a different gathering of people, you know, a different worship style, um, you know even different even different teachings, you know that that you're not finding taught at certain churches. It's just like, wow, this is amazing. I do know that there will come a time where we will go back into the four walls um, I do believe that God is 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 guiding us towards that um, but I don't know what that looks like as of yet you know we were actually at a church we were at a church up in uh, Elmont which is you know for people that aren't here from Michigan it's just a little it's a little like rural surrounded like one horse town it's one of those things that if like you blink when you drive through you missed it you know it's just, just a little town uh, you know country setting and uh, I went into a church because my wife has some family out there that attend that church i went into the church Matt, and,
0: Matt. isn't Olmont like over here somewhere yeah
1: it's 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 a yeah. little further it's up towards like uh emily city um you know south of emily city um so it's uh you know like i said it's a little rural town but either way you know we're sitting there and we're, i'm talking with the pastor they had had a a church you know like a church i guess you could say drama that they had there and my wife's cousin was singing in it so we went there just to support her you know and we've been to the church a couple of times throughout the years and afterwards the pastor walks over and you know i i, I know him at this point you know not like extremely well but i we know he, each other and hey how you doing you know pleasantries are exchanged and then my wife's cousin just kind of like jumps over my shoulder and it's like he's a pastor now right away pastor brad was like i need your resume and i'm <laughs> just like wait a minute whoa 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 like hold on a second here hold on i don't know i don't know wait a minute <laughs> like he right away was like associate pastor anyone <laughs> you know See, I, I get like,
0: it wow. i get it like there's a need there's a need for people that are there is and, and actually there is and actually understand the gospel and want to teach the gospel rather than their own opinions there's far too many uh I don't know. I guess we'll call them pastors, false prophets, that are preaching a lot of nonsense from the pulpits. And this is the shame: is that the church isn't well versed in the Bible. They don't know what it says. So I mean, the body. So they go in there, and they're under this person's teaching, and they don't question any of it because no, they take it at face well, value. Well, he's a man of the cloth. He's gonna. Yeah. Be, he's not gonna, you know, lie to me, or, or of course, he would teach me biblical truths. And that's an assumption that we have to stop making because, man, I fell for it, Matt. When I was a new, new convert and I was going to all these different places and, I, man, I would run anywhere just to hear the word. And I, I was so confused after the first probably two years of my walk with Jesus. I was like, what is up from down? And I kept hearing him telling me. <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched a lot of Christian television and I would listen to a lot of Christian radio. And I kept hearing him saying turn it off. And I was like, oh, that can't be God. That's gotta be the devil. <laughs> because sure. why would God tell me to turn off Christian TV? I mean, looking back 20 years, whatever, it's like, oh, I see what you were saying, Lord. Yeah. Because it confused me because it was a lot of nonsense. You know, the black. What is the rabbit, word what, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what is the what is the what is what does the Bible tell you more than anything? Seek an understanding. Look to find an understanding and i think it's because we know that our our human our human minds are limited in understanding and the only time that we grow proficient at something the only time that we grow strong at something the only time that we you know actually become to a point of understanding is to really seek it and so you can't do that just by you know basically downloading someone else's understanding you you, you can't do that that's you can't just sit there and Yep. Okay. They said it. That must be what it is. (laughs) You know, It's like, okay, well, you know, don't be afraid to see for yourself. Don't be afraid to get in there and and see for yourself. It's not to contradict people that are in leadership and it's not even, it's not even really to question anything, you know, that, you know, in a way that would be, you know, standoffish. It's just simply the fact that look for your own understanding because the farther, the, the more you seek understanding, the more you seek God. The more you seek to to find understanding, the closer you draw to him. So it's like a win-win situation. You know, you, you get you get you get multiple benefits of it. You're gaining more understanding not only of what the word says, but what, how to interpret the world. Because that's the thing. It's like that's where I feel like I've really grown. Is it's 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 grown me in a way that I can better interpret what is what is happening around me. And so it's it's a lot. I guess it's a, it's a lot easier for me to not become offended by the things that people say. It's, it's a lot easier for me to not want to charge in there and, and just set you right. It's, it's a lot easier for me to not want to punch you in the nose because I can see that I can see, and I guess I can see the, what's operating through you that's causing this. And so it's, it, it becomes, it takes the personal aspect out of it. And so I just think that it's definitely made it easier for me. The the more I seek understanding, not only in the word, but in God and who God says I am. And it's helping me to understand and interpret other people also. Because I can see them for who they are, as opposed to who I think they are. Because that's another thing that we do is like you said, you know, people have a, they got that title and they're like, oh, they must be, they must be a saint, you know, they must, well, careful. (laughs) that's all i can simply say is just be careful about that
0: we know it's like we should never be propping people up in a like the pastor has been put in a position of like he doesn't need prayer he's perfect he's this and that you know like in some of the bigger churches i know one of the churches i attended it was very much like that where the pastor could do no wrong and that's when you start getting into a lot of trouble a couple things in the chat adam said one of the good things about tulsa there are good mega churches that have decent discipleship and teaching. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I would kind yes. of expect that, I guess, in the in uh, Oklahoma, kind of the Bible belt type thing. I, I would hope so anyway. Um, also, Joyful June said, total change of subject. But what do you all think of Kim Clement? Do you think he was a prophet inspired by God? So I have wavered on Kim Clement in the past. When I was a younger Christian, he actually had a ministry right here in Detroit. Uh, it was called, oh gosh, what was it? Fire flame ministries or fire ministry something like that and and at that time i had been following him like quite a bit and i but i never went to the church i don't know why i just never got there um and then i I, I, after years i kind of says ah none of his prophecies came to pass so he was a false prophet right but then now you're starting to see some of the stuff he had spoken of 2009 2008 some of that stuff does seem to be coming to pass this is always the hard thing matt with prophetic words a lot of prophetic words throughout the Bible are multifaceted and over many different periods or eras of time. So it's not, sometimes it's a very specific event, but a lot of times it's many events, especially when you're looking at like revelation. So I'm, I'm of the opinion right now. And I mean, some people <laughs> probably not like that. I do think he, he was onto something. I do believe God was using him, um, and I don't think he's a false prophet. I do believe there's there's legitimacy to it. Um, I guess time will tell, right? That's just how it works in prophecy. But that's my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, also, there was one more thing no, I wanted you don't. to. Uh... Oh, I know what it was. I wanted to. Uh... <laughs> uh, Adam, DM me uh, a beautiful picture of some raw meat for us to observe here. Look at those bad boys! Oh man! Hey! Look
1: wow! That. Is that is that an Ace Hardware? Oh, I was just gonna say it's on Ace. <laughs> <laughs> Meet at a hardware
0: store. My kind of hardware.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're back to that. Nice. <laughs> he should have. He should have DM'd a picture of this pug that I've never seen.
0: Oh, he, I got one. Hang on. I got one right here. He sent me that a while back. Let's see. I'm. Uh, yeah. Well, right. yeah.
1: You're hoarding it and you're keeping it to yourself. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, the doggo. I told you I had a neighbor who had a who had a pug that would escape the yard all the time and come over and visit me in my garage. Her name was Cookie.
0: (laughs) I guess that's a good name for a pug.
1: Oh. Oh, she was a fat little dog. I think they way overfed her. (laughs) <laughs> like personally i think i think she had too many cookies in my opinion but you know but yes absolutely yeah
0: june i love don't yeah i love I, I i'm a man i love prophecy I, I gotta tell you like i god has given me many prophetic things about my own family about my own personal life there's some that i feel are happening right now in my personal life that he told me five years ago some of them having to do with podcasting and some having to do with personal things so there is definitely, I mean, he said he was going to pour out a spirit in the last days upon all men and women, and they would have dreams and visions and prophetic words. Um, The spirit of prophecy is Jesus, right? We have him living inside of us. So why wouldn't the temple of God, the Holy Spirit living in you, be able to communicate things of the future? And I, I, Matt, you know, personally, I've told you some of the things that he's told me. And I mean, even with the, with what's going on with resting place, a lot of this I, I didn't know exactly how it was going to play out, but I knew there would come a time when I would be very active going forward in ministry. Um, I didn't know how it looked. I didn't know how that was shaped or formed. I just knew he was in control. And if I just followed whatever he was telling me to do and listened to the best of my abilities, then it would happen. He's also spoken to me several times about one particular state. <laughs> that, I can't even, I've lost count. It's got to be 15 to 20 different dreams. Um and he doesn't particularly show me the state. He shows me people that I know represent that state, and I don't know what that means. And and I don't I don't think I'm moving there. I don't think it's. I think it has something to do with ministry and business. That's what I think. And that's going to be an opportunity. I think is getting much closer because he has really been telling me it over and over again, hitting home on that. So I love prophecy. It saved my family's life in one particular incident where we would have been in a really bad accident on going on a vacation. Um, so it's important to listen for his voice. And like I've said a million times, record your dreams. You will be shocked what he's telling you in your dreams. Like it's. Yeah. My
1: wife tells me to do that all the time. And yes, yes, June. It was, it was Ohio. Sorry. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Ohio.
1: My wife tells me that I need to record my dreams all the time because I wake up sometimes and I'm just like, all right, so let me lay this brain buster on you right now and tell me what you think (laughs) about it. And she's just like, I don't know. You need to write it down and ask God. You expect, mm-hmm. I can tell you what that means. And I was like, <laughs> she's always like, you need to call Gino. And I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, some of these dreams are bizarre, man. It's like, I, I don't know. I, you know, I recently, I recently had a dream and it lasted for like four days. I just kept going back into the dream and it it was just like a little bit further along. And in this dream, it, the strangest thing in this dream I felt like my wife and I we were we were out and about in in this neighborhood and someone was following us. Like just someone was following us throughout the whole dream. I'm just looking over my shoulder and I'm seeing these same people and I'm just like why are these people following us? And it went on it went on like this for like 3 nights. And then the 4th night so in the 4th night I guess I in my dream I had gotten fed up enough and so I snuck around and I caught the people that were following us and i said why are you following us and basically at that point they were like okay we're busted and just so you know it li- they literally name dropped a person that i know in life like a person okay first and last name which i didn't know their last name i had to i had to do this on facebook i had to go and i'm like okay what is her last name because she's the first person that came to my mind. What is her last name? And it was first and last name and it was basically like the the informant is exposed. And then I woke up and I'm like, "What?"
0: <laughs> it's, it's like, "What?" What let me ask it's you like, something. How long ago was those that series of dreams? Uh like last week. It was like it was like last week. I think I uh, there's some things going on in your personal life. I know of, um, and uh-huh, I have a feeling yeah. it has to do, it has to do with that. I can tell you,
1: <laughs> I, I have a feeling it has to listen. Mm-hmm. It has to do with that.
0: It does. I know it does. I don't, and I
1: don't know. I don't know what it means yet, but someone has gonna be to exposed. do with that. Well, that's the thing. And the thing is I told my wife and she's like, okay, I need to go, I need to go to my war room. You know, she goes to her prayer room in the basement and she just starts like, you know, pressing in about it, trying to make sense of it. And she said that, you know, God was telling her that, you know, continued disconnects are coming. And so to be, to be prepared and it's like, okay. And so she's like, but I don't understand why this person's name would specifically be mentioned. And I, I personally sat on it and kind of talked, you know, talked with the Lord about it. And I personally, I don't think necessarily, this again is my opinion, God could, you know, he could steer me in a different direction and let me know how wrong I was because he's done that before. But I personally don't think that it was something that was that was occurring before. It's something moving forward that we need to be consciously aware of with alignments, especially now, because now that, you know, I have credentials and now, and you know, so I'm kind of like, I guess in a way, quote unquote, I've moved to like this different tier, sort of say, like to be conscious of the people that we're connecting with, to be conscious of the people that we're tying ourselves to. That's not to say to be fearful of people or not to be willing to love and and, and you try and, you know, commune and have fellowship with all people, but the ones that you truly connect to, you know, like inner circle. Like my inner circle is pretty small. I don't know about you, but my inner my inner circle is pretty small, and there's a reason for that, you know, because, you know, you don't want uh, you don't want flaws in the armor, <laughs> is is the when, whole thing. When there's too many
0: cooks in the kitchen, things get real dicey. Let me just tell you, it, I yeah, just yeah, had this yeah, conversation yeah. with our other group of people right now. At the same sure. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That dream's interesting and it's here's here's what it has part of it has to do with the sifting that's going on with the church because there's a lot I of believe that. that's coming and it, it's been there's been a lot going on but a lot it's going to get more intense because the bad fruit is about to fall off the tree and you're going to see a whole bunch of people exposed and what's going, been going on in a whole bunch of churchianity let's call it not christianity churchianity oh. and that's all going to be exposed that's part of it and it could be this, and I'm not saying this is exactly what it is. It a lot of times in dreams, because they're metaphorical, um, especially I know in my own personal dreams, a lot of times God will show me a specific person, but he's not telling me it's the person. He's telling me what do what's my uh perception of that person? Like what do I think of first when I see that person? So if if that person's like a, a plumber, I might say, Oh. John Smith is a plumber so he's telling me think plumbing or whatever right now I'm not saying that's what yours is yours might actually be the person um so you'll just kind of have to sift through that I did find it
1: strange that it was like the first and last name the first Mm -hmm. and last name and I the part that I found the most interesting about it is <clears throat> I didn't know this person's last name because I know this person. I've actually like, you know, associated with this person for a couple of years. You know, we've, we've done ministry and all sorts of things together, but I guess it's just the last name of that person never really stuck. So when I was sitting there and I was kind of telling my wife about these dreams that I was having, I'm like, just hold on a second. And of course I went to social media, you know, I went to, you know, the old interwebs and it's like, no way
0: no way let me ask you something does the last name mean something like if if could you look it up in a dictionary if it is it like a regular word or is it like a last name
1: it's like two names you know what i mean it's like it's like a person with two names you know what i mean it's a common last name that that would also be a first name (laughs) you know what i mean okay like i don't know what what does it what does it mean if i what does it mean let's just see what what does it mean if i Look up what this name means. Let's see. What does this anonymous name mean? That's what I'm <laughs> gonna type in. <laughs> I have to be I, I vague gotta, about it because I never know since, who's listening.
0: Since we're a show, I gotta show you something right now on my phone. These are my dreams, just to show you that I actually record every dream. Pretty, ninety-nine percent of my dreams are recorded. So. <laughs> This is my current list that I haven't even examined. I haven't Okay, so I don't know if hopefully you guys can Let's see. These these are all my dreams Matt. Look. Look at this. Watch, I'm going to scroll. That's how important they are. <laughs> and then I title them or I go through like I mean literally hundreds. I don't know. It goes on forever. And There's I can tell you a couple of them there. Yeah, when you when you are diligent God gives you more. And I got to tell you, lately, I've been getting really frustrated with them because they've been getting very difficult to decode and decipher. So I'm like, Lord, can you give me an easy one? (laughs) Can you throw me a bone? Like some of these are really difficult. Um, But man, when you when you see that he's speaking to you and he speaks in your own language. So whatever you're familiar with, like, you know, June's a good example. She's a math teacher. He's going to speak to her in numbers and equations, things that have to do with teaching the, you know, tools of her trade. Same thing with me, carpentry, all that stuff. He, he shows me things like that, or sports teams, or sports figures. And it's cool. Like he'll speak to you in your own language, but you still have to put the pieces together. And sometimes it's extremely difficult to do that. In fact, I would say 50% of the time it's really hard. But if you're diligent and you, I record them and then I write them down and then I go through them systematically, I can usually piece together what he's telling me. And then people are like, well, why doesn't he just speak to us clearly? Like, wouldn't that be easier? And I heard John Paul Jackson, who that's how I learned to, to kind of go through dreams and understand them. He used to say, if God spoke to us clearly, he would expect you to do it. And then if you didn't do it, like what he was telling you to do, it would become sinful. So instead, he gives he speaks to us in metaphors and all these weird coded languages and stuff so that you don't get held responsible if you don't do what he's told you to do which is really cool of him all right so you're looking at the name it must be something
1: <laughs> well there's some really weird <laughs> interpretations in there this one i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna speak this one wow <laughs> is it like that perverted, perverted yes stuff? yes okay yes that one's that would that one's that one's perverted.
0: Like big time. Well, like, maybe what? that's what he's sh- maybe that's what he's showing you. There's I shouldn't even have
1: read that one. Holy smokes. Ugh. <laughs> Jeez. I, like washed my eyes. Um, Adam.
0: 100 percent God is going to clean his house so his house can be a true refuge for the one world of the things that I keep
1: reading. Kids. One of the keeps things I keep reading is a person entitled to respect. What does it mean to be entitled to respect? That kind of sounds like pride to me. <laughs>
0: it sure does. I mean, to me, entitled means that you didn't earn it.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Most but of the you're, time, right? but you're entitled to respect. I demand it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You Better give me that respect. It sounds Don't like a perversion.
0: Dare. I think the, I think the perverted definition in there it goes along with it too. There's a perversion. Yeah. Person. Either in this There's... person or someone that this person represents.
1: So we're getting like, okay, perverse and pride. Both bad things. Okay.
0: It's all bad. Oh, I can oh, tell you that. Like because when God shows you people stalking you, that's the demonic realm. Okay. That's spiritual warfare. So they were they were hounding you, seeing what you're doing. They're not happy with your path. So they're gonna try to disrupt well, the path by infiltrators.
1: Not to get in into person. too many obviously details, but I think you <laughs> I think I think you I think you know where that's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cause it's, it's, yeah. it's already, there's already been a sifting, at least in my life that's taking place. And, you know, there are those that still, I guess that still try to, uh, I don't know, get information.
0: Yeah. And it's like, all, all right, right. <laughs> the church, the church, I see is what so you're doing sometimes, man. I see you so what cr- you're doing. It's so bad that the church becomes all these little cliques and just, I don't know, it's sick. I, what is it, is it in 1st or 2nd Peter when he says, judgment starts in his house first, right? It says, right. judgment starts in, in his house first, how much worse will it be for those outside the house? So he's going to have mercy and grace on us, but he's not playing. Like, it is, it's, it's clean up in aisle six. Like, it's time to, like, get this thing straightened up and get ready for his return. He's coming for a, for a bride that has no spot or wrinkle. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. That dress needs to be ironed and steamed or whatever they do to a wedding dress. Probably not ironed. <laughs> I'm thinking it's probably steamed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: Adam so, Hugapug it's... says God is going to clean his house so his house can be true refuge for the broken, i.e., the kids.
0: Is there an echo in here? I could have swore I just read that.
1: I just read it again.
0: <laughs> you were reading the definition so you didn't hear me
1: yeah and i thought i thought that i read it better than you you did i, have a, I think i have a better narrative voice you can see better than i can <clears throat> Your glasses are better. yeah okay yeah I, my glasses I, I are need, better
0: i really need a prescription matt i really want god to heal my eyes that's what i'm, I'm like lord you could heal them in two seconds like i would love to have my old vision back when it was like 2020 and i could see like things so close like i remember my dad just be like how can you read that like it was like this just tiny tiny you know number one font or something and now it's like today i was at my client's house and where she's showing me something she's like oh what do you think about this whatever i'm like uh it'd be great if i could see it (laughs) like i don't know what you're talking about like let me get my glasses and then that helped Mm -hmm. kind of yeah it's frustrating don't you find
1: it fascinating when that when your when your vision starts to you know i guess we'll say it, it starts to get a little a little off you have a tendency to hold things farther away to read them <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly it's like, what i do it's exactly, i'm like it's
1: like my, my wife does that how does that how does that calculate in your brain that it's going to make it easier for you to read than to put it farther away from you but my wife does that she always used to does, make fun though, of me because it, she's like i have 20 20 vision. Oh, look at me with my perfect eyes, and now she's like, "Did you bring my readers?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got your readers, girl. Don't you worry." It's,
0: it's frustrating getting old. Yeah, and I was just just like, you know, I I'm still pretty quick, like working. Like I can when I'm not um, when I'm in the zone, the work zone. Like I can work through pain, and like I don't even feel anything. But as soon as I stop, man, like today I stopped for like 15 minutes to talk with a customer, and I'm like, oh. Why are my knees so sore? Why is my back still hurting from 2 weeks ago and you're just like, "Oh yeah, cuz I'm old." That's what it's all about. Yeah, man, yeah, I'm, yeah. In a couple weeks it's my birthday. And I'm going to be yep. f- 54 years old. I don't even know how that happened. 54
1: years old. Like, old. How wow, did that Dang. happen? Yeah. You are old, man. You are I, old. I am. I am.
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? I wanted to um hang on, let me so we need to pray for. Uh, I know most people here in the Foxhole chat understand and know who Gary Flesner is. Apparently, um, Gary fell down. He's been having a lot of health issues, but he fell down, hit his head, and he's having mm. some serious problems. He's in the hospital. So if you guys can yeah. pray for Gary, he's a good friend of uh, the Foxhole, Foxhole Fam, as we call him here. Um, in fact, I used Gary to Gary Flesner. Um, I used to call him all caps Gary. <laughs> because every time he writes in the chat it's all caps all the time like it, he just puts the caps lock on and and everything he writes is in all caps but uh yeah pray for him gary was the one with the with the uh, big beard by the way the other one's Zoso dude everybody knows him but um anyway yeah matt doesn't it seem like i got some more bad news today too another a friend of mine who had brain cancer four years ago he's a he's he's a cop or was a cop um man it came back Like he was doing pretty good and all this stuff. And now all of a sudden we just found out, I guess, two days ago that it's back. And now they're planning on doing some surgery. And so pray for my good friend, Steve, a retired cop, good, good guy, man. I've been friends with him since high school and um, man, it sucked. Four years ago they had to do a surgery and it was less invasive. So they go through your nose, which is crazy to get this tumor and then Ouch. all this radiation, he had some a bunch of side effects. Like he lost some hearing. He had, he had like triple vision or something for a long time. Um, then it got better. He seemed like he was okay. I just saw him on New Year's Eve. He was he seemed fine. And now all of a sudden he went to the doctor and they're like, ah, yeah, it's back. So they've ruled out radiation, which I'm, I'm against radiation 100% anyway, and chemo and all that garbage. But, you know, a lot of people just go the traditional route. So, uh, hopefully it's, they caught it soon enough where they can remove it or, or do something. I don't know. Now they're talking about cutting them behind the ear and doing something. So if you guys could lift up my buddy, Steve, that would be awesome. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah. 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 That's tough. That's tough for sure. You know, it's interesting. Like I just was at, uh, we just went out to my uncle's house and we were sitting at his bedside because he's terminally ill, he's terminally ill with cancer. And so, my, you know, Ange and I wanted to do our due diligence and go out there and, you know, just kind of have a conversation with him and see if he's at peace with the Lord. Because, you know, he, let's just say he hasn't lived the, the most upstanding life. And so, you know, um, but there's still always that opportunity, you know what I mean? And so we're we're going to go and we're going to present it. And so we went out there and, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with stage four four point five cancer as if that i didn't even know that existed I'd never heard of. i that. mean i guess i guess five you're in the grave but whatever like they basically like he went in you know wasn't feeling well he and his wife you know my aunt were going out to uh they went to walmart to pick something up or whatever and he's just like i'm really not feeling well and so you know, and he felt like it was something that was wrong. He was in a lot of pain in his back, and he was having issues breathing. And so he went into the hospital, and they basically like admitted him and put him into hospice. Like he's got cancer in his lungs; it's spread into his spinal cord. It, you know, it's like that. There's, there's no fixing it. Um, you know, short short of a miracle, which they do happen, but you know, um. I found it interesting. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking with him and I'm thinking about the fact that my mother had, um, she had cancer. It was a esophageal cancer that went into remission. She now has brain cancer, um, which is inoperable. And so there's, there's that (laughs) Um, his brother died of cancer he's dying of cancer. My mother's essentially slowly dying of cancer. And that leaves one sister who's already beat cancer once, but I don't know, talking to my, talking to my aunt, she was just like, is, it's something to do with the blood. And the thing is she didn't, uh, you know, she, like I said, they're not, they're not believers, but she's sitting there and she's like, it's something to do with the blood. I'm like, do you mean the bloodline? Because, yeah, I mean, you're not you, you're not too far off from what I'm thinking, um, because I don't think that that's I don't think that that's a coincidence that all of you are, are all four siblings stand to, to to die from the same thing. You know, and it's it's. It's yeah, that's cancer. a generational
0: curse type thing for sure. That needs to be broken off for sure. Oh yeah, and that's Doesn't what I'm doing suck? man. Bloodline breaker baby. It just sucks like you can help these, like knowing what we know spiritually and knowing that it works as we've witnessed it time and time again, God healing and doing that stuff and just understanding how you can break off curses. Like it sucks that people won't listen to that. Like there is an answer but they don't want that answer until like, you know, maybe it's too late or they're like, you know, their last day on earth or something it's that's the frustrating thing and i i understand like when jesus was frustrated in his own hometown when he couldn't even perform one miracle like that must that had to be so frustrating that they wouldn't believe him because well, it was just it's because common.
1: of the because well and it's because of familiarity you know like we we doubt the familiar you know we don't we don't think that all of a sudden something so magical and miraculous can happen with someone that i've seen grow up it's like we've seen you running around town you build t- tables you know <laughs> like i don't know
0: you sell hot sauce you don't know anything that's what
1: i'm saying you know i'm just a, i'm just a saucier man
0: <laughs> adam yeah. said uh he's coming up on 22 years cancer free in april it was treated conventionally that's awesome adam congratulations congratulations yeah and uh cute Q- curious patriot uh gino that was because he was legally blind so he did that so he could see what he was writing wait wait what are we talking about there i can't remember what was the conversation <laughs> help me out curious i can't remember what we were talking about
1: um gary
0: oh gary okay gotcha okay you know so, the you all know. camps scary okay. okay so gary Oh, uh, okay that makes sense gotcha right okay i always i didn't know if he was just trying to get attention or, <laughs> or what. so now you now yeah. you feel
1: bad now i feel bad. i'm sorry gary
0: <laughs> gary was a good i always i joked around with gary quite a bit he was he was a good guy good real good guy he's funny he's he's he has quite a mouth on him.
1: Hey, <laughs> listen. Like... Meet some of my family. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm telling I you what. Have,
0: I used to have quite a mouth, too. Hey,
1: hey listen. Good stuff. Right. Absolutely.
0: All caps, scary. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. Hashtag praise, all caps, scary.
0: Praise you. Prayers up. You know, Matt, we're, man, it's just, it's been a hard run. I, I, like. All of us. I don't know. I know I've mentioned this a million times, but it's so true. I don't know anybody that's just had this like really easy path the last three or four years. It's just been this hard nose against the grindstone every day trying to overcome another battle, another hurdle, put out another fire. And it's like, Lord, when when does the relief come? But I I, don't you sense it like there's relief coming. Like we're so close to relief and how does that look i think it's a new church a new ch- the traditions a lot of the traditions will go by the wayside lots of new things spiritual things spiritual movements um you know last last day type stuff like i don't believe i'm not a proponent of the rapture okay i don't i believe the second coming i i'm not i know that's <laughs> lots of people argue about the rapture i'm not a <laughs> rapture guy i do i believe that there is a second coming i don't know biblically how we can prove that there's actually a rapture me and Michael were talking about this on the blender the other night I've gone along with that. imagine the
1: little disclaimer just, thing spinning on the screen right now guys <laughs> just, just imagine that
0: yes yeah, so let's get that out there because there's going to be lots of people ticked off about it. but honestly when you really look at it biblically I don't know if we can justify a rapture that started being preached in 1850s late 1840s early 1850s by a man named darby who wasn't the best of characters. let's just put it that way and you can make the argument i get it pre-trib mid-trib post-trib all that stuff i've been down all of them i've i believed all of them at one point i think but i gotta say biblically looking at it i don't matt i don't see it i see a return for sure um but jesus if you really think about it all through the bible he's provided an escape for his his beloved but he hasn't evacuated them. He's given them a way out. The Red Sea comes to mind. All right, the walls of Jericho. Like there's there's things he's done for his people, but he hasn't. He kind of lets you go through some trials. And if you read Revelation, it sure seems to me that there's a whole bunch of believers that are being beheaded and being martyred for their faith in the Great Tribulation. So I don't know and if his holy spirit is supposedly not here which has been preached over and over again which i've never agreed with then how are people still christians on earth if they don't if the holy spirit isn't here because the holy spirit dwells inside of us so there's a contradiction there in the teaching and i that's that's a show we should probably do we should do like all the views of the yeah i think that's a yeah
1: that's a that's a deep dive right there um I just want to, I want to address something really quick. Okay. So Adam Huggapug says, since Matt mentioned it, can generational curses be broken without without knowing the family history? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. Uh, I don't know my family history in extents. I don't, I don't come from a family where there was a whole lot of lineage shared. I, I just, aside from the people I encountered in my life and what short encounters I had, that was the little that I knew But the actual the actual lineage and, you know, the real legacy of the family, I'm not that familiar with. But what you can do is you can start to speak against those things that have transferred through the bloodline. Honestly, things that came through your umbilical cord, you can speak against you don't have to necessarily call them out by name. You you speak to those things, those generational curses that came throughout those generations and you cast them down in, in Jesus' name and they have to flee. They have to flee from you because when Jesus dwells within you, those curses that came from your lineage, from, like I said, even transferred through the umbilical cord, I had that spoken over me before that it was transferred through my through the umbilical cord from my mother to me. And the thing is, I just speak against it. I speak against whatever dark history comes within my family, whether whatever whatever witchcraft, whatever sorcery, whatever involvement, whatever alignments, whatever soul covenants that had taken place, I speak against them and I cast them down. And in Jesus name, in Jesus name, they have to fall. They have to fall. So I believe absolutely yes, you can. You know, I've also had it spoken over me that I am a bloodline breaker. And this is from people that don't know my family. They don't even know my history. They don't even know where I came from. I could could be a cleaver and they wouldn't know it. You know, these were like first time encounters and people are and God's speaking through them to let me know that I'm a bloodline breaker. And the reason why is because I speak to those things historically and they're not welcome here. They're not welcome here. And so yes, I believe Adam that you can absolutely do that even without knowing your family history. I know I know so little about my family history that when I go into the to the doctor's office and they ask you if there's a history of heart disease, I have no idea. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if there's a history of any of that with my family because it's just never been spoken about.
0: Yeah, and I don't, but I do
1: know that you can call it out.
0: And why profess it? Like why so that makes sense. I don't I hate that. I mean
1: I do believe and I know that you can call it out. You can call it out. You know, alignments and you know, things that your family had had made long before you existed. Covenants that your family had made. Speak to those things. Speak to those things.
0: You know, Miko, uh, she speaks on that a lot. And then we, we oh, also yeah. – uh, actually, next week, I mean, Christina's going to be talking about that for sure. So, yeah. Adam, yeah, tune yeah. in next Wednesday, 7.30, Christina Garcia. She'll be definitely talking about that stuff. That's what we have in our private Zoom meetings where she's – I mean, man, oh, man, I'm so – Matt, it, she's awesome. Like, you will just – like, I, we were in a prayer meeting, I don't know, three weeks ago or whatever, and I got to tell you, that was one of the most powerful – spiritual experiences I think I've ever, it was so intense. Like I just knew it was her gifting and her calling. Like she was operating 100%. In fact, listen to this. God just told her, like she just goes where he tells her to go. So she just moved. I don't know. I think she was in California. And he said, he basically told her pack up and go to Minnesota and listen for instructions. (laughs) She did it like, okay. Packs up, goes to Minnesota. Now she's like waiting. She knows he told her to go to Tennessee, but not yet. she's like i don't know what i'm here for i just know he told me to come here and like that's obedience like it's that's how well she hears him and she is not being misled by a different spirit it's him because it it, he proves himself to her over and over again with provision and all kinds of just really cool stuff but anyway i'm looking forward to that and i'm sure she will definitely be addressing that very point that uh, you brought up there adam
1: absolutely yep
0: You know, the curse thing, I know I've personally went into my past, and I don't know my histories, you know, the history of my great-grandparents or something like that. I don't. I do know there was some illegal ties, for sure, on my mom's side with, like, mafia-type stuff. Uh, So I have kind of went into that realm and broke that garbage off. Yeah, that's why I say you you
1: speak to the covenants. You speak to the agreements. You speak to the alignments. You know, whether knowing or unknowingly, God knows. God knows. He knows what you're talking about. He's just, he's just, you just gotta, you gotta speak it out. You gotta call it out.
0: But this is the carnal side of me that says, well, Lord, that's not my fault. I had nothing to do with that. Right. But see, that's, that's the wrong argument because when you understand bloodlines, you understand lineage and all that stuff. That's why he's given us a way out of it to break it off. So there must be a reason why it's allowed and when you're in a fallen world, it attaches itself. It's like yeah, uh you, you know you inherit negative the debt. and positive poles, it just comes together.
1: Yep. You like I said, you inherit the debt. Mm-hmm. And and that's why, you know, you have this you have these like multi-generations of anxiety and multi-generations of depression, and you know, it's just all of a sudden it just shows up one day and they're like, Well, you know. I suffered from it. My grandmother suffered from it. My great grandmother suffered from it. It's like, well, you got to speak to those things in Jesus name. And you got to cast that out. You got to cast that out. You got to speak over your next generation. You got to speak over the young ones that are in your family. You know, he mentioned that he mentioned the kids before, you know, I've been speaking over my children because Mm -hmm. for this very same reason, I don't know all the details of my family history, but I know that there's darkness there. Because when I'm going and I'm sitting at bedside after bedside of dying loved ones, I can sense a spirit of pestilence that is within their homes. Like, I can feel it. I can feel it when I go there. You know, it's, it's, it's a presence that I can honestly feel. And it's just, it's something that's been following this family. And that's why a lot of them have suffered from, you know sad short-lived lives a lot of them have suffered from tragic deaths a lot of them you know have come come down with you know all like really quick like really quick like drastic illness like it just struck them down all of a sudden and it's like I'm going there and I'm sitting there at that bedside and I can feel the presence so I know that there's a darkness associated with my family but I also know that it can't come near me because I know, I know that it's there, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I think we walk around in this oblivious phase and we just think that we're just, you know, it's easy to become a victim of circumstance, but when you start to call it out, you can start to see it for what it is, you know? And so that's where, that's where you can cast down those things. You know, I, I did know certain things, you know, I thought about the fact that like my grandfather was a Freemason, everybody know anyone would know about that club. Yeah, my grandfather was a Mason and I didn't know anything about it. But I remember going to the Masonic Temple when I was a kid around Christmas and they would give gifts to the kids and, you know, they'd give us food and all this other stuff at the Masonic Temple. You know, so I'm just like, okay, well, that ain't good. (laughs) That's not that's not good. Grandpa, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that that is not good. You know, and so that's, well, there's one right off the bat. I'm calling out that one. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, calling for that Yeah, we've got some one. of that
0: going on, too, in mine, for sure. You know, we're you know, calling out one that of, one. One of the ways to recognize things is patterns. Yeah. So the, one of the first clues, if you see patterns, similar things happening over and over again in your family lineage on one side or the other, that's usually a good hint that there's something going on spiritually there. Yeah, they're not alone. Um, you know. See, the medi- medical society and the scientific society like to call in community like to call it, you know, genetics. That's eh, a genetic. Yeah, genetic inheritance. I'm not discounting that there are gener- there is genetic stuff. I get it. Like we can prove that scientifically. But more times than not, it's the spiritual genetics that are the problem. Because there has been something, there has been a door open in your past somewhere uh, it goes. It's, the Bible says back four generations. So I personally went on both sides of my family and went back four generations. And said Lord, if there's anything, show me. I felt like He was impressing some things on me. I went ahead and rebuked them and cast them down, <laughs> repented for them. Um, but I do feel like there's one, there's something still that I have not yet discovered that that is holding back something. And I, when you mentioned the Mason thing, I I, I think I rebuked that. I think I did on one one side, but maybe not the other. And now that I'm thinking about some of those family members, they might have been involved in some of that garbage. I don't know. I have to check I, that. I
2: out. believe
1: you know honestly. Says uh, okay, curious patriot. I've been more sick since the original COVID than I was the 25 years prior. Fauci has calmed my immune system. The Fauci, Fauci. <clears throat> yeah um <laughs> yeah
0: that's the well, thing his days are numbered trust me his days that's coming. a thing yeah the, the, there's the a whole, there's a all the there's a
1: day of atonement come. there's a day of atonement that is coming mm-hmm. um but you know the the angel the angel of death can't come near your door if you're covered with the blood and the holy spirit dwells within mm-hmm. so f- fear not um adam hugapug i have a gut feeling that there are some generational iniquities and gatekeepers that need to be broken off of my family line listen i don't know a family line that doesn't have them um there there are those that are oblivious to to the the spiritual aspect of things and then there are those who are actually consciously aware of it i think the more more often than not it's the people that are oblivious um they they don't understand what what is going on but the thing is as our society has evolved you're talking four generations four generations as our society has evolved people have gone into a lot of things without understanding you know like you go into you i'm not going to say that every person that ever joined the masons knew knew the full history and lineage of what that entailed they're just thinking well you know these are, these are people that have, have, you know, influence and power and success. And I want to be part of that. It's, it's being careful as to what you're aligning yourself with. So I don't know that it was always malicious things, but it did open doors and it did welcome things in. And so I don't know, I don't know that there's any family that is without blemish or without any sort of, you know, generational, you know, circumstance that is, is coming after you in some way, shape or form. And so we just have to call it out. We got to call it out for, for, for what it is, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta speak to that thing. You gotta speak to that mountain and tell it to move, you know, and and that's why, of course, for four generations, far be it that you would actually know the actual history of it. But when you start to call things out for what they are, like I said, I mean, name it, (laughs) you know, any sort of alignments, any sort of agreements, any sort of, you know, uh, backstabbing any sort of, you know, I guess, unsavory acts that anyone in my family throughout the generations may have committed. I ask forgiveness for in their proxy. And I speak the name of Jesus over it. I speak the name of Jesus over it. And I call that that debt to be paid.
0: Hmm.
1: And and it's, you know, it, it's something that you got to stand on. But, it you know, you really got to you really got a deep dive. You know, you got to you got to go deep within yourself. Not deep within your history, deep within yourself, because God will present the things that are hindering you. He'll present the things that are that are there, um, you know, generationally that are that are plaguing you and, and bothering you. And, and you see that it's something that is, you know, affecting your family and your line. And, you know, and so I'm I'm the only one like in my family that is like interceding for all the rest of them. They're still living their lives to whatever capacity that they choose to. And a lot of them have disassociated with me because they think that I'm just, you know, I'm just not like them because I'm not living the lifestyles like they are, which is all well and good. You know, that's okay. You know, you can do your own thing. But that doesn't mean that I'm still not lifting up prayers for your household and trying to cast out whatever demons are chasing after it. So, yep. yeah. That, that's a, that, uh, I
0: remember being abused at eight to ten years old, making a pact with God to stop the sexual abuse bond in my family. I was yeah. the only male left to pass names, so I stopped the curse, man. Sorry about that, bro. Yeah, that's horrible. And I can relate that's that's, that's a common one. Uh I can really that definitely that's that's almost always a generational curse. Almost hundred oh, yeah. percent of the time. And that's one that definitely needed to be broke. So yeah, good job. Yeah, it's a perverse
1: that. a perverse spirit. Yeah. Well done for calling it out for what it is because I I, too, experienced that too, uh, to various degrees. And so I, I know I know about that. Yeah. I know about and that. And
0: Angela, Angela actually talked about it when she was on the show. She did. It's her, yeah. her family. It's more common than we'd like to admit. But it's, uh, you know, thank God in my family, we haven't had any of that stuff. But we've got our own yeah. problems, right? I mean, everybody's got Oh, Well, something. that's
1: why I say name a family. Yeah. Like, my condition might not be the same as your condition, but we both have conditions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just speaking to those mountains and telling them to move. Right. You know, I, I have a red, I have a red, a little red prayer cloth that we we received at one of the churches we went to some years ago. It was prayed over. It was anointed with oil. That thing's been hanging over my door for probably five years. <laughs> it's been hanging over my door. This little red swatch of red. And I'm sure people come onto my porch and they're like, I don't, what is, what is the deal with that? I know what the deal is.
0: Well, I know right. what the deal is. next week, Christina, I'm telling you, this is, I, I, Matt, <laughs> we need to, this is such an important topic. This so let's continue Christian, it. Let's continue of, it. Yeah, there's a well, lot of confusion in it. Like, I think there's, because let's face it, it's just like everything else. There's teachers out there that aren't necessarily teaching the biblical truths about it. They kind of embellish it and make it into something it's not. It's not as complicated as some like to make it, th- it seem. That's the devil. The devil's the author of confusion. It's a it's a relatively simple process. Sometimes it requires deliverance, personal deliverance. Uh, in fact, I would say probably most of the time. But I got to say, there's an answer. It can be stopped. You know, when we have Joe on, on the blender, the alien guy, right? Joe Jordan. It's the same thing. That is, that is a generational curse. These people that are thinking they're being abducted by these things, they're being demonically possessed and tricked. And it's, it's the same trickery is used just in different aspects, different ways. The devil's, you know, he's not going to use the same trick for everybody, but he will, if there's an open door, He I always call the devil, he's kind of the Johnny Cochran of the spiritual world. <laughs> if the glove don't fit, you must quit, right? Like, it's it's this, he, he knows the loopholes better than anybody. So if there's one Uh-oh, loophole I mean... and he can squeeze through, he's going to get through. And it's not when I say the devil I'm talking about the demonic realm but the devil himself is not coming after you or I Matt like we're not that important he's going after big people but the demonic realm no the minions the familiar spirits that the Bible talks about know your family history better than you do and better but they know you better than you sometimes like they know your tendencies oh, yeah. they know how they can rattle you it's that's the fight we're in every single day as a Christian my favorite line ever was when Robert Robert told me one time he's like yes i'm talking about the blood-bought saint robert chambers former co-host right here on insight that matt replaced matt you're doing a splendid job by the way like thank you thank
1: you thank I, you for I, I
0: hardly even i hardly even remember robert so who's thought. that guy <laughs> yeah and he told me one time he worked with some guy and the guy's like ah you christians are weak and he called him some other choice words and robert oh, yeah. and so robert calls me he's laughing he's like bro He's like, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. Like, that guy doesn't have to worry about anything every day because he's in sin. He just thinks he's free, whatever. You and I, we wrestle against all of our vices, all of our problems, all that stuff, every single day being tested. And that guy gets yeah. to walk around thinking he's on top of the world. And he's really a slave. And it's so well, true. Well,
1: I mean, man. that's the hard part. You know, these familiar spirits, you know, they the the trickiest part about the whole thing is, you know, they lie to you in your own voice. And they make you believe the unbelievable. And so that's what that's what makes it so dangerous. I can I can convince myself to even honestly I can convince myself to even kill myself. Because they're so persuasive. They're so persuasive. They make you believe the the unbelievable. And so you know when you start getting these these thoughts in your head that, you know, thoughts of worth and thoughts of value and thoughts of, you know, just all these things that start when you start to get those questions in your head those aren't coming from god when you start to when you start to question your your actual value or your worth in something when you start to when you start to question your capability or your abilities and things mm no, that's someone on the, that's someone behind the curtain that's trying to stifle your progress. That's someone in behind the curtain that's trying to stop your your progression towards your purpose. Because we were all sent here for a purpose, and family drama wasn't it. I mean, maybe I need to repeat that we were sent here for a purpose, and family drama was not it. But we get so consumed in, in in the familiarity of things and just get so stuck in cycles that we just become victims of circumstance. And that's where the victory comes. That's where the victory comes. That's where Jesus being in your life, that's where the victory comes. I know that, I know that firsthand. Because I've overcome so many things. And again, just to reiterate that conversation, that now I'm the one. I'm the one who's sitting at my my dying loved ones' bedsides trying to trying to secure, you know, their understanding as to who God is. I'm the I'm the black sheep. I always have been. Ever since I was a kid, I was always I was always the outsider. Always never knew it never understood why when I was a kid but now I realize it's because I was set apart and I was set apart for a time such as this not to be a victim of circumstance not to be driven by cycles not to be driven by history or lineage to be driven by what God says about me and what I need to do in my life making daily declarations is what it takes to not buy into that because I could have become the very thing that I did not want to be if i didn't guard myself if i didn't stand at arms with it if i didn't if i didn't let god do a work in my life because he had to because man there was a point of rebellion in my life that seemed like it was it was going to be never ending he had to put a stop to it and and you know what he did it in the most abrupt ways you know i call it div- being divinely inconvenienced being divinely inconvenienced One of those situations, you know, because the flesh side of ourselves tells us that we need to figure out a way over or around situations. But when you get that divine inconvenience, the only way to get past it is to go through it. And when you go through it, you become better for it. You become stronger for it. You become more aware because of it and these are the things man we got to go into these areas we got to find the dark places in our lives even in our history we got to go where the monsters go and we have to slay the monsters that's just the facts it's hard that's most true. people won't do it most people won't gotta, do it
0: see that's the thing i think that has uh, been preached too often is that i don't want to say preach but but it's been understood that once you become a christian things get easy Sure. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like, oh man, shoo, now I just get to kick back and relax. It, it's actually quite the contrary. It's because that's when the war starts. Because now you understand good from evil, and the devil knows. The demons understand this better than us. They get it. They're like, oh, this one's awake. Now we really need to to up the ante and like well, you know, the stoke the fire a little bit.
1: It's always, it's always, it's, it's one thing for you to feel like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. And then it's a whole nother thing to know what's wrong with you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know why I feel this way. And then all of a sudden you do know why you feel that way. It's like, okay, a whole nother level of awareness comes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, this is, you know, it's one of those deep topics. It's something that I've spent a better part of a decade, a better part of a decade.
0: Yeah, going into this, the dark places. This has to be addressed. It needs to be talked about. I'm glad that's why we have Miko on regularly. We, we're going to have other yeah. people, Chris, Christina, some of these other people are going to be coming up because this is this is the war we're in. This isn't. It's not like we're. I don't. We're Mark or Mark, <laughs> Matt. We're not in. Don't you
1: ever call me Mark, I, Mark
0: again? I don't even know where that came from. I don't have it. I don't even have a host named Mark. Uh, I. If you think about it, though, we're not in. school. No respect. I know hey respect's earned man <laughs> i get calling no respect my, calling my kibby kibbles come on
1: whatever kibble <laughs> got jimmy Does, kibble over here you're like your talk show host
0: like jimmy we kibble don't have we don't have these little battles like the battle of the bulge and you know and all this no we have a work literally in a war a, yeah, full out, full a lot of it's war, a war within it's not little skirmishes it's it is like one big battle with a lot of problems and those problems are only addressed by one person, Jesus Christ. That's it. Like you can't do Not it on the your truth. own. You can try, you can try all you want. You're going to run around in circles and and beat yourself up. You're going to be tired at the end of the day. And you're going to be like, why do I keep losing? But you can't win it on your own. That's why he came. That's why the Holy Spirit was called the paraclete. He came alongside, right? He's inside of us now helping us to live and get through this, this war we're in. He's, He's our uh, uh, intelligence inside baseball. And, man, I don't know. Matt, I say it all the time. I don't know how people get through this life without him, honestly. Like, it is so hard with him sometimes. I can't imagine without him. Ain't that the truth. man? where do you go? Like, where do you bring your problems? Where do you bring your issues? Like, who do you talk to about them?
1: Well, you don't. Like... You don't. The, the 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 secular world is a fine example of that. You don't. You carry them around until they consume you. And that's, that's what happens, you know, I mean, it's like, I I gave this analogy one time, you know, um, when I was, I was teaching, and it was like, okay, so imagine that, you know, when you're a kid, everyone knows that backpack that you saw at the store that you just really wanted, you felt like it was going to be the one that was gonna make you look cool. All the other kids were gonna like this backpack. You just want this backpack. It's a useless backpack. All it it does nothing until you put something in it. Then it actually serves a purpose.
0: Was right? it Spider-Man?
1: For me, it was an alien backpack with a black and white like checkerboard on it. You know, I remember it to this day. That backpack was gonna be it. I was gonna be on the map if I had that backpack. Guess what? I didn't get that backpack, but that's the one that I wanted and I still remember. So you get this backpack, right? And you value it. You cherish it because you think this is going to be a defining characteristic in your life. But again, it's only a a useless piece of fabric with straps until you put something in it. Now, the problem is, what do you start putting in it? Think about any kid that was younger, you go through their backpack, there's half-eaten sandwiches, there's all sorts of things that are in there, there's an ecosystem that's just living in this backpack, right? This is what we do in our lives. We compartmentalize the things and we throw them in our backpack. Why? Because I don't have to look at it if it's in my backpack, it's not in front of my face. Well, eventually that bag gets heavier and heavier and heavier, right? Well... Eventually one day a strap breaks. Is it time to get a new backpack or do you just fix that backpack and you keep it moving? No, chances are what you'll do is you'll get a newer upgraded backpack and you'll just take all the crap from the old one and put it right into the new one. And so even that one's being strained to capacity from the beginning. Why? Because you weren't willing to let go of all the stuff that had no place being in that bag to begin with. Mm -hmm. This is the thing I've been, I've been chasing after this for a decade. This is something I've been doing for a long time, trying to figure out what am I carrying with me that I don't need? Like, what am I what am I dragging along into every relationship that I have and wonder why there's dysfunction in every single relationship? I just don't understand. Am I just that unfortunate? Do I draw crazy people to me? Is that what happens? Or do I examine myself as the common thread in all these things and start to evaluate myself like wait a second okay hmm you know it's funny because I get, I got ordained as a as a minister senior chaplain first and then a minister and now it's the pastor role but the fact of the matter is you know people want to come and talk to you and they say I don't understand why I'm in so many failed relationships I don't understand why I draw all these men that just do nothing but mistreat me and I don't understand and I don't understand I hear that more than anything else Okay. Perfect. Well, tell me who the common thread in all this is. I mean, what ties all of those scenarios and all those relationships and all those things together? You're, you you yeah. are the tie that binds. You are the tie that binds. So, you can't you can't hope that your next relationship or your next experience is going to be better than the last when you brought all the garbage from the last one and dumped it on the next person. I'm sorry, but people don't want to hear that. That's a big disclaimer. That's like the little atomic bomb that blows off in people's faces. They're like, wait a minute. So you're saying that this is all my fault. I'm not saying it's your fault. Because, of course, I wouldn't wish anyone to go through any sort of turmoil or any even any even the slightest of abuse. But the fact of the matter is you keep making the same decisions and keep getting the same results. I can't blame all these other people. You're going and you're, seeking for, you're looking for the same thing in the same places that you had no business going there looking for the thing that you were looking for. But you keep going back there and you keep looking and you keep finding the same thing. It's not hard to imagine. It's not hard to imagine. I don't know. I can I can go off on a whole tangent about that. I think I already have. So I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> like, I'm just going to shut up now.
0: All right, that was good. That was good, man. All right. Well, what do you say we close up shop? Matt? You want to pray? We need to start. Let's praying, land it, Do you want to pray? Pray us out. I'll do that.
1: I will do that. No problem. Right. Thank you. Father God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your provision and I thank you for your protection over our lives. I thank you for the many blessings that you give and even the many blessings that you have yet to give. Lord, I just speak a special blessing over everyone that is within the sound of my voice. I'm grateful for them taking the time to fellowship with us. And I just speak safety and security over all their households and their coming and their going. Deploy your angel armies to watch over them. Uh, Lord, I just, I I would like to lift up Gary, all cabs, Gary. We wish him well in recovery. Steve, Lord, guide the doctors, guide who you would have to help him to a place of healing and completeness. Lord, just continue to guide us throughout our days. Let us sleep peacefully and let us wake up with a, with a boldness, a sense of joy that is beyond understanding in the midst of our circumstances. Because, Lord, you know them. You know them. You know us all by name. And you know the things that we endure. Just give us the courage to walk boldly in your name. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen and amen.
0: Amen, brother. Thank you. Let's, all right, guys. you so guys. much for joining us tonight. Yep. Thank Conquer you your days. Yes, Conquer sir. your
1: days. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, uh, everybody over there on uh, Rumble that's been lurking. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all yes, of you. Yes, yes. Thank uh, you, tomorrow all night, of you. Another edition of Rescue the Fosters. We have another great guest coming on. Uh, so join us at 7.30 with Sylvia and Danielle and I. And then uh, let's see what else we got coming up. Tomorrow is Thursday, correct, Matt? Yes, Thursday. Uh, so Thursday, then, I believe bleep. Saturday night, uh, episode number 10, uh, reexamined with Megan Walsh. We're we're uh, going through the Adam Walsh files, and uh, that'll be at eleven p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday evening, show number ten, and then Blender returns a triumphant return of the Blender. Matt, that will be uh, nine p.m. Uh, oh, I we have a new new time, ten p.m. on Sunday Eastern Standard Time, because Michael has uh, church events that are taking longer now, so uh, we're we're kind of shortening that show. Was two hours. It's probably gonna be an hour and a half now every sunday evening because he has to get up for work in the morning so join us for that and uh matt oh here before we go oh i closed out your website sorry bro (laughs) how dare you hey hang on wait i got it let me well if there's anybody out there that's
1: listening or been lurking hang on check me out uh i i make artists in small batch hot sauce helping support the vision you know we're looking to grow it in a way that uh we can we can try and draw some of the the funding that comes from it towards ministry like again it's all artisan small batch hot sauce naturally made real fruits real veggies if you're a spice head get you some they taste great got a nice bite to them check us out heat street detroit that's the name
0: heat detroit.com you can check them out there you can buy it right there uh as we spoke earlier it was delicious a little hot for my uh, liking so Matt's going to make a uh, mild one for me, personally. Yeah, I'm going to
1: make a ketchup for, for Gino. <laughs> Check us out. Seriously, you'll enjoy
0: it. Absolutely. Have a good night, everybody. Be blessed. You take care, and we will see you hopefully tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, good night, everyone.
3: You're still here?
2: It's over go home go